Welcome back, ladies and gents, to the Best Buds Talk Podcast. How are you guys doing today? I know, right? <laughs> Today's a special podcast, guys. We are here with our special bud, our best bud, Jason. What is up, Jason? How are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How you doing? Doing great. Yeah. Been a long time, huh? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, since 2019, bro, I'm telling you. Yeah, I know you guys talking about starting up the podcast, and I'm finally here, and I'm excited to be here with you bro, guys. Bro, how long had, like, I, I think I mentioned to you about the podcast, like, years ago, it's, huh? It's, it's been a few years, man. Yeah. So I know with all of our schedules, it's been really busy. Mm-hmm. I know we plan on doing stuff with COVID, and COVID hit, and that's when, you know, kind of chaos struck, and I haven't really been able to come here and kick it and, and talk it all out. Yeah, but you know, as Angel says, it happens sometimes, you know. Destiny. <laughs> hey, right? Hey, to be to be honest, man, I actually like every time I think about COVID. Not, not it, it's a, I know COVID was bad, but every time I think about COVID, um, I think about the first starting of Best Buds Talk, because oh, yeah. uh, you know we were just starting, you know, my mom's backyard and mm-hmm. trailer, you know, yeah. state, and just you know talking about it, talking about a vision, and then mm-hmm. you know. Now we're doing what we do, yeah, what we what we love, man. Hanging out with our buds and just yeah. recording and just having fun with it, you know. Yeah, and it now. But, Hell yeah! You know, we've been talking about having Jason on for a while, and you know, we we had a, a few questions being built up because you know we we've been excited to have him on and stuff, and we finally have him on here. So, you know, uh, tell us a little about yourself, Jason. Well, man. Um... I'm 28 and born and raised here in Bakersfield. Uh, started a career in EMS probably about five years ago. I'm currently a paramedic uh, with Hall Ambulance. And um, man, it's been a, a roller coaster ride. Became a paramedic five years ago pre COVID, and here we are now. And, um, and so, yeah, man, got a lot to share with you guys. Hell yeah, dude! I got a lot of share. Got a lot, we we want to take in a lot. We got a lot of questions too. I got a lot of questions, you know, because I've been seeing some stuff around town, and you know, you know, if you're from around town, you know that Hall Ambulance is uh, our angels, our guardian angels that's gonna bring you back to life, you know. But I started seeing some other paramedics around. Yeah, man. Uh, are we getting competition, man? You know, uh, I would say that competition is coming for sure the reason why we have different ambulance companies now is because we are short-staffed we cannot respond to the number of 911 calls that are being put out Um, and because we're not making our response times Kern County EMS has put together a plan by asking help from the surrounding counties and the surrounding counties are um, offering two or three of their ambulances and their crew to come and help us, and they're they're dishing out uh, probably triple what Hall Ambulance is paying us now, wow. um, just to to help us out to make our response times. Because when we don't, one, you know, people's lives are you know people yeah. are dying, mm-hmm. so that's one. Two, uh, we're getting fined. We're getting fined so much money not making our response times, and it's getting to a point where Hall Ambulance is is on their last legs, and if they can't get staffing up, then uh, they're gonna the current county's gonna go ahead and bring in some competition and. And start sharing the a piece of the pie. Yeah. So, oh shit, like, dude. So, like I believe, like we're expanding. We we talk about it here that we're expanding fast. Bakers mm-hmm. are expanding super fast. We don't realize like that. That's like true. you said, you have competition already. 
And I mean, the staffing issue didn't really happen until after COVID. COVID really put a lot of us through the ringer. We're seeing people dying left and right um, to the point where people got exhausted for being overworked and underpaid. And a lot of people left for better jobs, working in the hospitals, going to school and being nurses. Yeah. Um, and people got fed up with it. Not only that, not only being overworked, but management's pretty hard on us. Um, and so when you're being overworked and underpaid and then on top of it, you're being yelled at, you know, people, they, they don't want to deal with that. And I don't blame them. I'm, I'm starting, we're all, a lot of us are at the brink. And so that's why everybody's quitting and, and searching for better opportunity. So, so, so. What you're saying right now is that they're they're hiring, they're trying to hire a lot of people right now. They are hiring anybody that they can, as long as you have an EMT <clears throat> certification. Even if you don't, Hall Ambulance has put together their own um, paramedic program and EMT program in house. And so what they're doing is, if you have no experience, there's no problem. You go in, they give you an interview, and uh, honestly, at this point, if you have a pulse and you're over here saying that you want to be a lifer. You want to be an EMS for the rest of your life, they're going to hire you. They'll yeah. put you in a, an accelerated program. I think it's about two to three months EMT program. You go and take the National Registry out in Orange County, and you're in. That's it. Yeah, I mean, for anybody out there listening and, you know, might need a job right now, you know, that's that's one avenue right there if you guys need Absolutely. Something. I will say, I mean. Well, if you're looking in for, I would say not needing a job. See, yeah, needing well, not, a, not anybody, but I'm like, you know, people who are looking for yeah. employment and feel like that's a, a field that they wouldn't, that they would, they would like to venture into. Listen, so. I, I will say, I mean, yes, it is a very hard job. It's not for everybody. You know, it's definitely something that you really need to think about before you get into. But I will say that working in four hall ambulance here in Kern County in Bakersfield, it has been just amazing experience. I couldn't ask for better experience. I think the experience here is better than anywhere else in California, honestly. You get you get anything from, you know, simple BS, abdominal pains, all the way to shootings, stabbings, hangings, overdose, vehicle rollovers. Um, you're, you're getting everything. Um, and so if this is something that you're interested in with healthcare and first responders, uh, I would extremely highly uh, recommend you guys take a look into it. You visit hallambulance.com and you guys can get all the information there. Um, I think we're going to start an EMT program here in January. So go ahead and you guys take a look if you're interested. And, and like you said, they have to be dedicated. You, you want to save someone's life. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you have crazy stories that you uh, have. I'm pretty sure. I got stories for days. Yeah. For days. yeah like, like Daniel said, you know, not just anybody who wants a job. You know, that's, you know, that's, um, I misspoke on that part. But yeah, you know, anybody who is who's interested in is really, really understanding what the job is. Right. Because honestly, we, we already know that. This job is hard, and you don't get paid for the work that you do. That's for sure. Um, a lot of us sometimes will work a lot of overtime, and there's some people out there that work for homies that have second jobs because it doesn't pay that much. So yeah. don't go into this job for the money because uh, the money's not there. Go into the job because you really want to make a difference when it comes to helping somebody. Mm -hmm. And if that's what your fulfillment is, then this is a perfect job for you. So don't go into it with you know, uh, selfish intentions because you're not going to get it. It's not going to yeah. be fulfilled. Yeah. Just hopefully there's a better help for you guys too, because I do feel like they need to get paid a little better. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you told us because, yeah, you guys are, I I get it as all, but there's still you got your own bills you got to take care of at back at home. I mean it's yeah. true. You figure I look at, you know, uh, places like Chick Fil A, right? Don't get me wrong. I love Chick Fil A. People who work at Chick Fil A they're very hard workers. Don't get me wrong. 
and I'm not I'm not downplaying them whatsoever. But when I'm getting paid a couple dollars more than that what they're starting, there's a problem with my company. There's a problem with that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe not so much what they're getting paid, but so much what I'm getting paid. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, I'm 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 performing life saving measures in the back of a small ambulance by myself, mm -hmm. and I'm getting paid a couple dollars more an hour than the the person at Chick Fil A. Yeah. There's a problem with that, and it's not on Chick Fil A. It's on yeah. The company, you know, it's on what, who yeah. I'm working for. So yeah, like you said, that's why you guys are short because mm -hmm. a lot of people say oh, it's it's not for me. Like it's cool, I'm doing this, but I want to get paid a little bit better because everyone got bills. Everything, everything's going up too. Nothing, yeah, everything's yeah, expensive out here. So and after you know, like you said earlier, especially for for doing what you're doing, like that, you're saying. You said uh, starting off, you get paid minimum wage, right? Uh, That's what we're saying. If you're an EMT, you're making about minimum wage, which would be around fifteen to sixteen dollars an hour, give or take. Like, are they doing also like some sort of a few Benefits. extreme things like that where they should get paid more? Like, are they also in situations where they should they uh, get be uh, can, be getting paid more than what they do? I believe so. So when you start out, you start out as an EMT. So you go through this accelerated course, or you go through BC. BC's EMT courses, I believe, one semester, which is, I think, like five months long. You go through the, the five-month course. You go and take a, what's called a national registry out in Orange County. It's a big test. They go in there. There's proctors everywhere. They make you empty out your pockets. They make you take off your belt, take off your hat, take off everything. Yeah. You sit in a cubicle. They watch you. Okay, this national registry is a big deal. What it is is a randomized test. It's anywhere from 80 to 120 questions. And depending on how good or how bad you're doing, the test is adaptive. So let's just say in this test, it'll give you, you know, for, for easy to follow reference, we'll say there's three categories. There's trauma, medical, and, you know, uh, OB, babies, right, pediatrics. Let's just say you're doing bad in pediatrics and you're doing good in everything else. Well, the test will recognize that and it'll start giving you more pediatric questions. Now, if you start failing all the pediatric questions, then it'll stop the machine and say, you know what? No matter how many questions we're going to give you on this, you're not going to you're not going to pass. So you have to be proficient in all in every single category during this test, right? So it's a tough test, and so you after you pass that, then you're officially an EMT. You take the course and the national registry. So then the the job as an EMT or emergency medical technician is they're the the right hand person for the paramedic. So their job is to respond to the emergency in a fast and safe manner. And then they do exactly what the paramedic tells you to do, right? And so that means you need to know the ins and outs of our first in bag. You need to know the ins and outs of inside that ambulance. Because when I ask you for something, it's probably going to be in a hurry. You say, I'm going to need this, and I need it now. So there's no sense, you know, if you don't know where things are, there's going to be a problem. So you need to be very proficient in where everything is. I think it's just as stressful, too, sometimes as an EMT, trying to be that good backup. Right. Yeah. And then their job is to transport the paramedic and the critical patient to the hospital in a timely mm -hmm. manner, in a safe manner as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I personally think that they should get paid more because oh, yeah. from beginning to end, you're looking at you know six, seven months, and then you have to go through a training period at Hall Ambulance, which is probably about two to three months training period. Where so you, you take like a whole year. Um, I would say about yeah, seven, months. seven months, and then after that, if you decide to be a paramedic, the recommendation is that you're an EMT for one year on the ambulance, right, and then you go to paramedic school. Paramedic school, the course itself takes about a year and a half, then you have to go through clinical rotations, which is at the hospitals, you practice your IVs, your innovations, patient care, stuff like that. After that, then you'll go through your 
uh, internship, which you're on an ambulance with a veteran paramedic who's been a paramedic for a while, and uh, they basically watch you work and see how you how you do. Right. Um, you have to be on the ambulance anywhere from 500 to 700 hours. After that, you take the national registry for paramedics, which is just as hard as the one you took before. Yeah. So total time, you're looking at two years for a paramedic. And then if you want to add the EMT stuff behind that, that's about another six months. So you're looking about two and a half years to get paid a couple dollars more than fast food workers. So, and that's all across the country. That's just so, not here at home. So, so, New York, you know, Maine. holy shit. So yeah. you're saying that an In-N-Out employee makes more than you? Yeah. I would say, as an EMT, they make about the same. Oh. As a paramedic, I make about $2 more than them. Oh. If they're starting out at $15 an hour, paramedic. Oh, no. In and out yeah, starts like 20-something dollars. Yeah. Then they make more than yeah. yeah. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks, because your, your job is stressful, like you said. It's stressful. It's you're also, there to save our yeah, lives. You're saving our lives. Because yeah. we're, we're idiots. Because we're idiots. We need our help. <laughs> so, but you know like i said I, I going into this i knew that it wasn't uh yeah. for the money uh i already knew uh that i wanted to get into this to kind of make a difference um but uh i, I love my job it is stressful at times i do i am overworked especially now post-covid pre-covid it wasn't too bad i really love my job i didn't work really super hard i didn't have that many calls I kind of just got to hang out with my, my friends. I remember you were telling me that. Yeah, there, I mean, there were times. Uh, what were your thoughts when COVID hit? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. When COVID hit, initially I thought it was um, not as big as it was. I thought that COVID was kind of a, another strain of like influenza. And I thought that the high-risk people were people that were 65 and over, people with core morbidities like, you know, hypertension, stroke patients, patients who have uh, cancer, people who couldn't fight infections. As time went on, you know, uh, me and my wife actually got COVID uh, last year, and it actually took my wife of, of nine years. Um, so uh, after my wife passed away from COVID at 28 years old, uh, it really changed my, my perspective on it. Uh, because she was healthy, you know, she was young, no medical problems whatsoever. And so for her to pass away from COVID uh, was just a really big, uh, just shock. And it just goes and show, it shows that, that COVID is something that is very serious um, and something that people really need to not to look over. Because if it could happen to me and my wife, it could happen to anybody. So, yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah, I remember when Javier told me, I was like, man, that's crazy. You know, it just yeah. it was the last thing that I could have ever expected because yeah. at the time when my wife and I got sick, we weren't vaccinated. And, you know, one of the things that I've kind of come to terms with and I've kind of been able to lay to rest is that back when COVID first came out and they came out with the vaccines, you know, my wife did ask me, you know, she said, hey, should we get the vaccine or what do you think? And I was like, well, you know, I think the vaccine is really meant for people who aren't healthy, people who aren't young, people who can't fight, you know, regular infections, illnesses, you know, older people, or people, you know, like I said, with cancer, things like that, poor immune systems. And I said, I think we'll be okay. I mean, it's up to you, but I think we'll be okay. And she kind of followed in my footsteps in the sense that I didn't get it. You know, it was being offered to us for free. And uh, and so we didn't get it. 
and uh, it, it kind of breaks my heart thinking if that would have made a difference and if my wife would still be here today. Right. So, you know, for those that are listening, if you guys aren't vaccinated, it's something that, again, uh, I would just take it from me, you know, really think about it. If you have a family, um, again, my wife was 28, very healthy, no problems whatsoever, didn't take medication for nothing. Really sit there and think about it. And if you still decide that you don't want the vaccine, hey, that's all fine. Just know that it's a very strong possibility that, that something could happen to you or your loved one. So, yeah. But um, those were my thoughts on COVID from, from then to now. So Yeah, there was yeah. so many in the whole population you know, of the world, there was so many mixed uh, information that we didn't know whether it was one or the other. You know, most uh, some people say that it wasn't that bad. Maybe it's just like a cold type thing. Other right. people would say like, no, it's serious. Like you said, some people would say that it doesn't affect younger people, just older people. Well, it didn't affect children in the beginning. Well, that's the thing. Exactly what you just said right there in the beginning. In the beginning, mm -hmm. I'm on the ambulance. I'm the first person right there out there, right? Mm -hmm. And what I'm seeing in the very beginning when COVID hit, I'm seeing people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Those are the people that I'm running. Those are the people that are dying. Not once in, since COVID has started that I have a 20-year-old in the back of my ambulance, a 30-year-old, 40-year-old, not even 50-year-olds that I see in the back of my ambulance struggling to breathe, dying from COVID. Not once did I see that. And right when my wife and I had gotten sick, that's when I started seeing reports in the news of people in their 20s to 40s dying. Yeah. So, you know, my wife was part of that group. And that was later on when, when you know, that was already a year you know when COVID already started and so it just goes to show that this wasn't the same 2021 wasn't the same COVID as it was in 2020 yeah so um but yeah exactly what you said in the beginning it was very different yeah um so now now I have seen 20 30 40 year olds in the back of my ambulance with COVID really struggling to to fight you know to get past it yeah so it just goes to show that that it's not the same COVID it's different mutation different strain not too sure exactly what it is, but we are seeing a shift. Gonna, I was going to ask when you said mm -hmm. that, you think it became stronger, or what do you think happened? Because um, that's just, like you said well, at first, you were just looking at certain they mu They mutate, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. just like any other virus that's out there, it just mutates. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it goes into somebody else's body, and yeah. things happen, it mutates, and, and it comes out with a different strain. Maybe it might not be as strong as the other one, but it just might be a different strain where... Mm -hmm. The body doesn't recognize it, and it's just having a hard time trying to make antibodies for it. So right. um, I think that's exactly what happened. It just mutated. I know there's been different variations that you may have heard in the news. I'm not too sure if my wife and I had gotten that strain or what it was, but, I mean, obviously now that she's passed away, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what strain it was. What it was, it was COVID, yeah. and that's what ultimately took her. So, right. I mean, she was on a ventilator for uh, three weeks, you know, fighting on a ventilator, um, on a machine, helping her breathe, and... Um, you know, I got an opportunity that most people, you know, didn't get, which was I got to be with her before she passed away. I was with her on the on the night that she passed away. Um, they they let me in, and I got to kind of, uh, you know, say goodbye, mm -hmm. and um, got to hold her hand and talk to her before she ultimately passed away. And I think that's really sad is that a lot of these families didn't. Um, mm -hmm. There's a family, for instance, here in Bakersfield that. He was a, a correctional officer. Um, he was at uh, a hospital here, and he was, I believe, 24, 25. And the family, uh, they said that they was they were going to intubate him. They were going to start breathing for him, put a tube in his lungs. And before they did that, they went ahead and, and let them video chat him. 
Uh, he wasn't able to really speak from what I heard, and he was able to kind of wave to them and give them a kiss. And then he ended up uh, passing away ultimately the next day. And, I mean, young family, 24, 25, 26-year-olds, you know. And um, a lot of the families, they went through that same exact thing. They didn't get to see them, touch them, didn't really get to talk to them. And I was fortunate enough that I was able to be with her when she passed away. So I'm grateful um, for that, and that's the one thing that I got that nobody else really did. So I gotta be, I gotta, I gotta be grateful for what I did get. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 real. Wow. So. Man, you, you got your blessing. Mm-hmm. To be honest, you got yeah. a blessing. Well, yeah, it, it, like it's hard to see a blessing. It's hard to see it in the moment because I know I have learned, but it was a blessing, like yeah. you said. Yeah, absolutely, and it just is a big lesson because. Yeah. In the back of an ambulance, since I've been in an ambulance for five years now, you see a lot of death, right? And you always think, you know, that's not going to happen to me. That's not going to yeah. happen to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, and you see it all the time, and you would think yeah. being on the back of the ambulance, it would give you a reality that it happens to anybody, right? Yeah. Okay. For me, it wasn't. You know, I just, you know, see another dead person, and you mm-hmm. go on to the next one, and you don't think, like, that could happen to me and my family. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, a big reality check, and so... You know, every day is a gift. Uh, you know, always uh, tell your family you love them. Uh, always live your life to the fullest. You know, um, that's another thing. People are very scared, nervous to kind of go off the deep end and do whatever it is that they want to do. And um, for me, I, I decided to do all the things that make me happy and not try to please everybody. You know, uh, you gotta please yourself. Exactly. Yeah, you it's gotta true. Please yourself. It's true because life is short. You know, my poor wife, 28 years old, yeah. still had a lot left to do here. Yeah. And so, um, and and she was always looking out for others. You know, she always bought everybody gifts, you know, for the birthdays, holidays. She always made holidays special. And she never bought anything for herself, never wanted to do anything for herself. And probably about three months before she passed away, I was with my wife for almost 10 years, uh, since we were 18 years old. And, uh... I think about three months prior to her passing away, she bought herself three very nice purses, Louis Vuitton purses, coach purses. She never had bought herself anything. And we were in a very good financial position at the time where she could do that. And uh, she didn't even get to use two of them. She got to use one probably about two or three times. And uh, then she passed away. And it's just like, how how sad is that? She couldn't even enjoy the the one time that she bought things for herself. She didn't even get to enjoy it. So, you know, my advice to everybody now is, is if you have the financial means and, you know, obviously you don't put yourself in a financial hardship, yeah. go out and do what you enjoy. Go out yeah. and take your family, spend time with your family. It doesn't even have to be about spending money. Just spend time with them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know? And I mean, I'm pretty sure I could speak, you know, for all of us that, you know, we give you all our condolences yeah. and then you know, make sure you rest in paradise. And I could say, me myself, that I met her. Um, you know, you yeah. guys were an amazing couple. And, and she was a super awesome person too. She was very hospitable and I would go over and hang out with you and stuff. And, you know, she always seemed like a very happy, you know, full person. She always, she was always in a good mood. She was yeah. always polite and stuff. And she was an amazing person. Yeah, and, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, and, and thank you for sharing that story with everybody. Yeah. So, like, it's an eye opener to everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, it's true. You got to enjoy every moment. Like I tell I tell Javier a lot. Yeah. Like we don't know what day we're gonna wake up. Yeah. Right? We're gonna wake up our next day. Like yeah, we, we gotta don't. tell everyone. You know what we love them. And it and it makes my job, you know, 
Uh, since I, I, you know, I almost didn't go back to work. Um, after everything that happened, it was, you know, I really was obviously in a very depressed state. And I felt like I couldn't go back to that job. Because that job was extremely stressful with my wife, mm -hmm. with my support. You right. know, that was my support system, right? If I had a bad day at work, I'd go and talk to her. Right. Now that that's gone, you know, I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know if I can go back and do this job. Right. You know, and so... I sat there and, and thought back, do I enjoy the job? I do. Um, and then I, I thought back to where my wife had supported me. Um, I went to, uh, to paramedic school twice. First time I went to paramedic school, I told my wife I wanted to do it. She was very supportive. Right. I drained all of our money from our bank accounts, from checking, savings, credit cards, max credit cards. She was on board with it um, because she wanted me to do what made me happy. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I went for the first semester. It took me five months, and I failed. And man, we were sharing a car at one time. I was working, you know, two jobs. Uh, she was working two jobs. I remember the day that I failed. I came out to the parking lot where she was there to pick me up, and I just sit there and I cried and I cried and I cried. And she was like, "What's going on?" And I told her I failed. I failed. I fucked us. We have no money. We're behind in bills. We're behind in rent. We're behind in utilities. We have. You know, barely enough money for groceries. We don't have anything, and I, I, I fucked us bad. And she said, "You know, you know, you did it. You know, are you gonna go again?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna go again." You yeah. know, and she was like, "Well, then you didn't fail. Like you're gonna be okay." Mm -hmm. yeah. So then, right after that, I, I got hired with Hall Ambulance, and that actually truly changed changed our lives. Hall Ambulance. I was able to quit my jobs, my previous jobs, and I had steady income. And I was at Hall Ambulance for a year, bounced back financially. And then went to paramedic school a second time where she was very supportive a second time. And uh, 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 she was with me the entire two-year journey of being a paramedic. And she was there at my graduation. And, and I owe pretty much all of it to her. And so when I was thinking about going back, I had, I rem you know, obviously remembered the sacrifices that, that she made. So on top of me enjoying the job and the sacrifices she made so that I could pursue this career... Um, that ultimately what led me back and I said, you know what? I'm gonna do this for her. I'm doing this for me And so I went back and I think going back after this tragedy has made me a lot more compassionate Towards families and towards patients. I think prior to that I wouldn't say I was callous, but I think I was kind of like eh They're not dying. They're okay. Yeah, kind of whatever mm -hmm. kind of go through the motions do what I got to do right, right. and then just kind of go you know go from there Drop them off and go to the next one. Yeah, I see a dead person. Oh, yep, they're dead. Oh, well, go on to the next person, right? Yeah. To the next call. And so now, um, so I think now uh, that everything had happened, I'm a lot more compassionate towards my patients. You know, I, I think my very first cardiac arrest that I worked up after coming back to work, um, you know, and I had to go tell the family, like, I've had numerous times, like, hey, I'm very sorry, but. You know, your family member has passed away. Uh, we did everything that we could and, you know, kind of move on. Um, I think the first time that I came back and did that, uh, I was probably halfway. I had already told them that he had passed away, and I I, I broke down right in front of them, yeah. with them. Yeah. And it was, you know, very hard to tell their family that, you know, that he's passed away. Yeah. Because I know that feeling yeah. when, I get the, when I got the news, too. Yeah. So now I think it's made me a better paramedic in the sense of compassion. Right. Yeah. So to relate with the patient and the family. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but.
but it's uh it's definitely something that um, you know I hope none of you guys have to go through anytime soon. I feel like losing your wife is or your your spouse is is probably um, un, right underneath losing you know a child. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it's up there. You know. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, man. Um, that's where I'm at. I'm, I've been back at work. I think uh, it's probably been about a year now since everything has happened since I came back to work. Uh, I currently work in Shafter. Our station out there is 32. Um, and we run a lot of calls in Bakersfield still. Yeah? Uh, we're supposed to, yeah, we're supposed to really cover Shafter, but um, because, again, we're such, short, we're such short-staffed, we're the closest station to Bakersfield, Shafter is, mm -hmm. and then Wasco. Right, and so about ninety percent of the calls that I run in Shafter are actually in Bakersfield, because when people call nine one one, there's actually sometimes every now and then there are literally zero ambulances. I actually don't think the public knows that that uh, there may be a chance where if you're living out there, you know, downtown Bakersfield, you're calling an, ambul an ambulance, you might get me coming all the way from Shafter. That's how bad staffing. Holy I mean, shit. somebody can be having a heart attack downtown, even off of, you know, Ming Avenue, White Lane, right, having a heart attack, or somebody, you know, choking, something mm -hmm. severe, and I'm responding from Shafter, it's going to take me 20 minutes to get there, 30 yeah, minutes yeah. to get there, and so, um, yeah. Does Bakersfield not have, like, first responders? Uh, as, as in, like, other companies, or? So, so in, um, in, uh, Indiana, where I used to live in Indiana, and they have first responders who are just regular people. Like, they could be at work. I could be a first responder. Mm. And they get a call. They have a radio. They get a call. And if they're close by, they leave. They they are first to respond on site until a paramedic gets there. So when it comes to something like that, an actual organized first responder program, that's not implemented here. There is an app if you are CPR certified, AED certified, there is an app called Pulse Point that I would highly suggest you guys download if you are CPR and AED, you know, trained, um, where you download the app and it'll actually use the GPS. And if there's a 911 call that goes out for a cardiac arrest in your area, you know, within like a mile from you, it'll alert you to go and perform CPR before, you know, fire and EMS respond. So, um, but as far as implemented by the county, or by the city, no. There is no first responder programs here. Oh man, mm -hmm. that's that's so. Since we since you mentioned CPR, let's. Uh, I want to jump into this because I know everybody has a question. I've had the question, and I actually I I used to be certified. Mm -hmm. I'm actually wanting to get recertified, but um. So. Some people don't know this, but you could actually get sued for bringing somebody back to life. Well, that uh, there's something called the Good Samaritan Law, which yeah. actually helps out um, people, layman people who are doing CPR. So prior to that, yeah, you'd get in trouble, you know, because you may the the thing is, is you may hurt somebody, right? Oh. But since the Good Samaritan Law came out, I actually don't know when it came out. It came out a long time ago. Yeah, it actually protects the citizen, the layman person, from getting sued by anybody. The only time the Good Samaritan law, like it doesn't cover, is first responders like myself. If I go and I, you know, do something and I hurt a patient, I'm medically trained. And if I do something that I'm not supposed to, they can sue me. Good Samaritan law doesn't 
doesn't uh, protect me or, or EMTs or firefighters or anything like that. But as far as you guys, if you guys aren't, you know, certified, you guys call 911, you guys do CPR and somebody on the street, and they say, hey, why would you, why'd you do that to me? You saved my life, or you broke my ribs, you punctured my lungs. You fucked they, up my high. Yeah, you <laughs> fucked up my high. Yeah, right? Uh, they can't see you. Good Samaritan oh, okay. law protects you. Oh, okay. So never be afraid of somebody, you know, saving, calling somebody. saving somebody's life, giving, going hands-on. Call 911 first, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Get instruction from, from the dispatcher. Dispatcher will teach you how to do CPR right then and there. On really? one, yeah. Yeah, all dispatchers are CPR certified. Uh, they'll go over on the phone with you how to do CPR. If somebody's having a baby right in front of you, they'll teach you how to deliver a baby right over the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, yeah. They yeah. might have to teach them how to... The mother had to revive me after I passed out. My, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, come on. Oh, I'm on my way. A little bucket of water. Little yeah. bucket of water. Yeah. Ice Slap. challenge. Ice challenge. Holy snap. That is. Yeah. I, I had almost choked on a, on a, on a fish bone. Oh, shit. A couple of months ago, bro. Oh, oh yeah. And uh, it was me. It was... It was... <laughs> so... It was uh, me and a couple of people from uh, from uh, school, right? right? So a couple of classmates and stuff. And we're smoking quite a bit. Like this guy that I was smoking us out, he basically rolled two fat old backwards with some, some good shit, right? Mm-hmm. And so we smoked those and we were hotboxing the car at that. So we're still breathing, breathing in all the smoke that was in the car. And so after that, you know, uh, we're all, you know, we're all taking off. And me and uh, one dude that doesn't really smoke like that. He was <laughs> he was smoking and shit. He was in there and then he stopped, you know. But he's still smoking. Uh, inhaling the smoke in there. But after, uh, we decided to go with something to eat before we went home. And so we went over there to, you know, a restaurant. And I got fish tacos. And not, not you know, don't get me wrong. Fish tacos are delicious. <laughs> They're not worth dying for. <laughs> and so I, I was over there and I, you know, I got my tacos and I was enjoying them. That was my first taco. <laughs> oh man, that sucks. <laughs> and so then after that, you know, you know, I, I took a bite, so I'm cool. And then um, I'm chewing, I'm chewing, and I'm about to swallow. I feel, I feel something poking. Oh, I'm like, what shit. the fuck? And it was going sideways like that. Uh, oh, of course. So I was like, oh fuck. So I like spit it out. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And uh, I was just tripping out because I almost swallowed that thing. And then I. Uh, Bro, if that if that if that would have been in there, you'd have to give me like fucking uh, I'm like maneuver or some shit, you know. Well, that's the thing. Believe it or not, thank God, first of all, thank God yeah, here, thank God, God, right? Right. Uh, uh, but your trachea, the or your esophagus, I should say, your trachea. So your esophagus. We'll do a little anatomy lesson real quick. The esophagus is where all the food goes down, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a trachea, and that's where the air goes into your lungs. And they have the thing called the epiglottis. It's like a big old flap. And whenever you swallow, that flap covers the hole that goes into your lungs, right? And it goes into your esophagus. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, when people choke, they swallow, and it goes that that flap didn't work it was supposed to, or they try to take a breath when the food went down, it gets stuck in between um, where where your trachea is, right? So, but uh, your esophagus, essentially, is if you take your, your pointer finger and your thumb finger and just make a circle, that's how big, roughly... Uh, your esophagus and your trachea is about that big. So, um, you know, if you look at people who choke, they usually like a hot, like for instance, a hot dog. Hot dog fits in there 
perfectly, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and so, like, sometimes even the Heimlich may not work because the hot dog just, it's like yeah. the, perfect, oh. the perfect snug, yeah. yeah. Bro, I it's, like hot dogs. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. It's the chewing, because mm. my dad eats slowly. Like, he says, you got to chew your food before, and we try to take it all down. Oh. Well, yeah, I'm a fat ass, bro. Like, so when you're when you're Probably saying too. all that right now, I just keep thinking. I'm like, dude, I, I don't even know if I breathe. If I even eat when I eat, I just fucking gulp that shit down. I know. Here's a good question, guys. So when you guys eat noodles, do you guys chew your noodles or do you swallow them? I chew them. Uh, I chew them. I, I, I chew them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I feel like I get more flavor too. Yeah, yeah, savory and yeah. squeeze out all the juices. That's yeah. up in the Hobby, Hobby, <laughs> you do blasphemy when you do noodles. <laughs> well, what do you do with your noodles? Bro, oh okay. my god. Okay, no, like, can I, let I me explain it. So, this is. That's good. That's fancy, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I clean my shit, so it's cool. <laughs> so, let me tell you what he does. This guy makes his noodles. I, I, he made noodles here. Mm-hmm. He had his noodles in his in the bowl and everything, and it starts boiling. And well, he opens his packet, bro, and he throws his fucking seasoning packet in the boiling water. So there's that water is not now. It could be too much water. It could be too less water. Well, you can never go wrong with too less water, but it could be too much water. And super diluted. Diluted, yes. And he's just letting it boil in there, and I'm just like, hi yeah. <laughs> how much water do you put in the? I, see, that's the thing. I've made them so many times that I know how much water, how much water I'm putting in there. All right, that's fair. And how you know how's it gonna taste after I'm done with it? Hey, wait, so I'm not just you know just. See, I just feel like that's not as blasphemous as what I do with mine. My noodles. I, I go ahead and I put... You guys ever put Cheez-Its in that shit? Nah. See, puts, people think that that's blasphemous. I put Cheez-Its hmm. in it. No, I would try it. That shit's delicious. I would try it because... Okay, so here. When I make my noodles, I and I'm very specific on how I make my noodles. Yeah, he's a whole chef when it comes to that. So when I make my noodles, like it has... Like, I can't put my noodles in the water until it's fully boiling and it because I feel like you'll get... Like my noodle has to be perfect. It can't like be too. Wise? Yeah, I don't like it too soggy or, or anything. Too firm. Yeah, or too firm. Okay. So I wait for a full boil and then I throw it in and let it get a boil, okay. and then um, after it comes down to well before it finishes, I'll get an egg and I'll crack an egg in there. Ooh. So I'm letting the egg uh parch and a, a poach in there. Yeah. And then I'll kind of scramble it in there. Okay. And then I will, I have to put. Some of the seasoning in the bottom of my plate, I'll put a slice of cheese, a sandwich cheese, and it has to be crafts because you can't buy that generic shit. The generic shit, bro, it doesn't melt. Right? So oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. I'm like, hold <laughs> up, we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna change it up now. <laughs> but uh, okay, so I put the slice of cheese, I put some tapatio, and I put. Maybe a hint of lemon, but sometimes I don't. Mostly time I have it. I used to also put uh, lemon pepper garlic. Oh, okay. But uh, I guess it got kind of old. Mm. <laughs> but lemon pepper garlic is a good one too. And um, 
I'll put two pumps of a little bit of soy sauce. And then I'll pour, after it's done boiling, I'll pour a little bit of my water to my liking. And then I'll drain the rest of the water out, put my noodles, uh, put the, se- the some seasoning. I'll mix it real good because get that seasoning from the bottom. Right. Then put the rest of my seasoning. Put six, pu- six pumps, because I like six pumps, of uh, tapatio. And boom, bada, boom. Damn. And I sometimes I also like to put uh, cut up uh, brats or um, turkey, like the turkey meat. Yeah. And uh, or chicharrones. I mean, oh, chicharrones, dude. That's see, that's that's some special shit right there, bro. Do you work for uh, Chiraco Ramen? (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, there's only one thing for me that I would that's missing, but not everybody likes it. But green onions. Oh, oh, See, I like yeah. to put green onions, but I never have it in the house. I know, dude. But uh, shogas, they 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 have a little soup. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's just good too. Yeah, that one's good. Mm. It's but, just a soup. But yeah, man. Uh, but uh, it's nice uh, talking with you guys because I know a lot of people when they find out that uh, uh, I'm an EMS and stuff, the people ask a whole bunch of questions. And it's fun, dude. dude. Yes, I got one more question to say. So, because he said questions, now we're going back to questions. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> so, hey, so can <laughs> can a piece of rice kill you? A piece of rice. Oh, a piece of I, rice. I'm the one that told you that. Was it, bro? I've been. I'm not <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. lying, dude. I've been. Remember when I told him that? <laughs> a piece of rice. But my mom always said laying down. Okay, so explain to me what, what your mom had told you. Well, first of all, before, yeah, yeah. before any of this, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are all Hispanic. We are all yeah, Mexican. Yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. many, there's yeah, so many yeah, things yeah, that, that Mexican yeah, grandparents, wrong. parents have said to us that is just completely inaccurate. And don't get me wrong, before I got into EMS, I used to believe a lot of these things. <laughs> they, but a majority of them, 99% of them, false. Okay. So with that being said, yeah, go ahead and let said, me know. Uh, <laughs> They always told me, don't eat rice laying down. Because she's like, oh, it can get stuck. And <laughs> that's it. That, that is a false statement. The worst that would happen, right? The worst that, is it a piece of rice or just rice in general? Like one grain of rice or just in general, any rice? Mm, she just said rice. She just yeah, said rice? Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I can really, really think of, let's just say, one, you won't be able to really choke on it in the sense of you won't be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. The worst case scenario I can see about rice is it getting into your lungs, right? Uh-huh. Nothing's supposed to be in your lungs other than yeah, yeah. air, right? <laughs> and, and when we get sick, we have, you know, phlegm and, and, and mucus, right? We have all that in our lungs yeah, yeah. and we cough it up, right? Obviously, we cough it up for a reason because it's not supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. Same thing. If this rice got into your lungs, uh, it'd make you cough. Uh, you might have to go to the hospital to make sure that they can either surgically remove it or remove it in some in some while so that it doesn't get infected. I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess in a way she's right. Let's just say that rice would yeah, get yeah. into your lungs. Depending you, where it falls. Right, you yeah. could. You could if you didn't get any treatment. I guess you could die long term from some sort of infection, but I don't think it would happen because. Your lungs would be so irritated, you'd be coughing, coughing, and coughing. And yeah. Until so that pe- that rice came out. Yeah, yeah. So, so but it, that, that's hilarious. If there's something <laughs> that, that does go into your lungs that you can't just get it out with just coughing, how would how would the that medics or the you know the doctors go about that? Medics would not do anything. Medics would just sit there and watch you cough. Yeah. Right. Um, 
but I guess uh, a hospital would either they push you to sleep, and they would put a camera um, into your your trachea, and they probably try to find it and pull it from your mouth with with very long uh, you know tools. Try to pull whatever it is if it's big enough to grab. Like I've heard stories of people swallowing pills wrong, and the pill goes into their lungs, right? Um, and like I said, they just take a camera, put it all the way through your mouth into your lung, and then it's big enough that they can kind of just pull it out. Yeah. And I mean, worst case scenario, um, if they weren't able to do it that way, then they would have to cut you open right down your chest and cut open your lung and pull it out that way. Really? Yeah. Damn, but it's so Would rare. it heal? Yeah, it would heal, absolutely. It's so rare, though. Like, oh, I've, yeah. I've never heard of that happening, like, at least within Kern County. I'm sure it, ha it has happened. Mm. Anything that you can think of medically probably has happened. Yeah. Um, I have stories for days that you guys wouldn't even believe, but I'll share. One of the things is, is um, people ask me all the time is, What's the craziest things you've ever yeah, seen? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What's the craziest yeah. thing you've ever seen? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I hope this isn't a family-oriented show. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is before I was a paramedic, right? This is when I was an EMT. You know, EMTs, um, we have BLS and ALS units. So that's something I'll explain real quick. BLS is basic life support. You have two EMTs, right? EMTs are just like basically your stretcher fetchers. They don't they have any cool medicine, they can't really do anything cool. They're almost just like first aid, right? right? Uh, we have really a very limited amount of medications that we can give, like aspirin, right? Like something super basic. Um, and so anyway, so we get a call over there off of Union Avenue, and it's one of these shady hotels, and it's for a sick person. This all comes out as sick person. So we're like, oh God, it's Union Avenue. Nothing ever good comes from Union Avenue. So we get there, it's probably like, I don't know, one in the afternoon. Yeah, that, that's one thing, too, that's very interesting, too. Like, you know, if you could elaborate later on, what is union life? Oh, <laughs> yeah, we can get into it. We'll get into it. After How is that world? Oh, it's a whole other world. <laughs> so then I get over there to this hotel. This guy, probably in his early 30s, he's tweaking out. I mean, he, he is on meth or some sort of drug, freaking out, right? Go in there, it's very damp, musty hotel room disgusting mold on the walls shits everywhere and i'm just like hey man uh what's going on and i can see there's some hesitation from him and he says oh you know uh he's like sweating too and he's like oh it's um it's my dick and i was like oh shit <laughs> what, what am i supposed no, yeah, to do i'm like i'm like I was like, what's, what's wrong with your dick? And he's like, my dick, man. My fucking dick. And he's just staring, piercing into my eye, just staring at me. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Do I really, <laughs> really got to do this right now? Because he's, he's covered. He has pants on, no shirt. Right? And then whenever we take people to the hospital, you know, we got we to gotta tell them what's going on. I can't just go to the hospital and walk up to the doctor and be like, yeah, man. His, so, hey, doc, his dick. Like his dick. Yeah. I don't know what, you just his dick. Right? Oh, yeah. So then I was like, fuck it. Let me just, just get it over with. And I was like, alright man, let me let me let me take a look. Right? So it's some white guy, probably like 30, 32. Right. He takes his shorts off, right? And what I see fucking baffles me. His dick, again, white guy, right? His dick looks like charcoal. Just charcoal it's just black and 
Fuck. and crispy looking and cracked. It, and I said, what? What is that? What's going on? And I tell him, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, man. Um, and at the base of his dick, I had seen what looked like like bands, like rubber bands. Oh, my God. At the base of his dick. Right? And the base of his dick was probably, if you were to take, probably like, I don't know, maybe a dime size. Maybe the, a, the, 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 the the diameter of his dick was about a dime size. The, the girth of his dick, which mm. is a dime size at the base. Right. And I was like, what did you do? Fuck, dude. And he's like, I put rubber bands on my dick. I was like, how many? And he's like, I don't know, like, like 40. What? And what is this, like, the fucking pain Olympics? And I, right? and I was like, what, why did you do that? He's like, gorgeous. so I could have sex. It's like a cock, cock ring. Uh, and I was like, how long have I been on your dick? He's like, three days. I was like, have you been able to piss? He's like, no, no, I haven't. And so, in my mind, his dick is basically, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. There's no blood circulation to his dick. Was yeah. it for three days? Yeah. So, I took him to the hospital, and we have to give radio reports to the hospital. So, and, and it's a radio that... All the ER can hear, right? <laughs> and so usually my reports, they're like, yeah, you know, good evening, you know, Adventist Health Memorial, you know, this is hall, whatever unit number, you know, paramedic Pimienta, Routier facility, I got a 32-year-old male, she complained of chest pain, you know, something simple along those lines, right? So <laughs> I'm getting to the hospital and I have to do this report and I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck am I going to give this report? <laughs> Everybody's going to hear this and I was just like, Hey, uh, hey, Mercy, uh, so I have a 32-year-old, his penis is, uh, amputated, uh, uh, we'll see you in five. And the nurse was like, um, uh, what? Can you repeat? What's, what's going on? I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just talk to you when I get to the hospital. <laughs> Man. The doctor goes. And he sees it, and he's like, we got to cut it off. Yeah. We got to cut it off. Because what's going to happen is if he cuts the rubber bands, right, uh, his dick that's all black, it's black because there's pores, there's no circulation. Mm -hmm. So all that tissue is dead. Yeah. It's, it's all dead, decomposing dick. Yeah. If you were to cut those bands off, all that decompensated, you know, tissue, blood, all that goes in, back into the body because yeah. then now there's circulation again. And then you become septic, and then you, you'll die. Yeah. You will die. Yeah. So they have to amputate it. And he says, nope, fuck you, I'm out. And he walks out. So he is more than likely dead at this point. Um, he probably died probably a few days later, a week week or two later. He probably went and tried to get the rubber bands off and then died from sepsis. Yeah. Um, but that's probably, I mean, that's hard, because it's, it's like one, all my craziest calls have to do with genitals. Yeah. It's always yeah. genitals, yeah. So, like, not even... This was, I'll try to tell this one a little bit faster, but... No, you're good, bro. You're good, bro. Hey. Hey, hey. 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 No, stories. We, we like the full information. Yeah. Hey. Hell yeah. We're very observant. So, so, probably... And I'm kidding you. I'm not kidding, dude. I had genital calls for, like, two weeks straight. It was the weirdest thing ever. So, this was probably about three weeks after, you know, the, the dead dick guy. Yeah. He, uh... This guy, big old, we get an unknown situation. We go to the hotel. 
off of like California and the 99 where the, the old bowling alley was. You're right, right. Oh, uh, you know. This yeah, guy, yeah, this yeah, guy came movie. out, big old black dude. You, know, you guys know Big Black from, from Rob Deerdeck's show? Yeah. Big Black? Yeah, yeah he kind of looked like him, right? <laughs> and uh, he comes out, and I was like, you know, hi, my name's Jason, what's going on? He's like, my balls, man, my balls, my balls. And I was like, Man, what's going on with all these genitals? <laughs> right? It's never just the vagina calls. No, it is always dick calls, right? Yeah. So I'm like, what about your balls? And yeah. like, she landed on my balls, man, my balls. She landed on my balls. And I was like, well, start from the beginning. What happened? <laughs> so he was telling me that his balls started to get swollen two days prior, right? And his balls got swollen. And he said, yeah, my balls got swollen. You know, I don't know what's going on, but they've been getting, you know, bigger and bigger. And I was having sex with this girl. She was riding me, and she landed on my balls, man, my balls. I was like, damn, so this guy's a big guy, right? Yeah. He's huge. He's probably like 400 pounds, right? And she was riding his dick, and she landed on his balls. So I was like, fuck, man, I'm going to have to see him. Yeah. You know, fuck. Pulls out his balls. I'm not even kidding you. They were about the size uh, a little bit bigger than a grapefruit. Both of his balls. Wow. Bigger than a grapefruit. Ouch. And, yeah. I mean, they had to be big Was it a big girl? Land. He, he, yeah, he didn't explain it. Was it a big girl? He didn't explain. He didn't yeah. explain. But then I was like, he had said that his balls were someone a prior, yeah. right? Prior to him having sex, right? So then I can only think of a handful of things, right? Turns out he had very poor circulation in his testicles, and that's what caused the swelling, right? And uh, I don't know if this was, I don't think this was it, but there's something called testicular torsion where uh, a lot of athletes get it, like weightlifters. I mean, you can, any, any one of us can get it at any point. I don't right. want to scare you guys, but that's just that's <laughs> part of being a man, right? Yeah. Testicular torsion is where the, the tubes in your, in your balls, they twist, right? And sometimes you have to get them, you know, surgically untwisted. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know if that's what happened to him, but... Uh, yeah, his balls got so swollen and tender, and she was riding his dick, and she landed on his balls, oh. man. <laughs> so, mm. damn. But yeah, man, it's been fucking. It's wild. Uh, that was that was when I was an EMT. It's probably like my first two years at Hall Ambulance, which is genitals. But um, <laughs> but they gave you all the low level calls. Right? Right? Yeah, I was like, this is not what you I signed up for. You gotta see some balls, right? Yeah. Right. yeah, that was not in the job description. <laughs> We're gonna get you ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want? Hey, like you said, Vegas filled. That's where you get the most experience, and I they mean, want to make sure you get that experience. Dude, they, everything, everything, man. So, uh, it's a trip. Bakersfield is a trip, man, and and not just Bakersfield. Like I've worked all the way out and. Cal City, I've worked in Mojave, Roseman, uh, Wasco, Tehachapi. Um, I've worked all over Shafter. So it's not just Bakersfield, just Kern County as a whole is just wild, man. Um, <laughs> I even think recently we had, uh, you know the show Cops, right? Yeah. yeah. Cops is here in town. Yeah. It's just it's just that, that they crazy. Had, they had an episode right there in front of the school. Oh, did they? That was yeah. our first episode, bro. I haven't, even seen, I haven't seen it yet. So, but, does it air? Uh, and, uh, some episodes, start, yeah. some episodes, I forget where uh, I asked that on because they took pictures and I asked it as a Bakersfield Scanner Club. Oh yeah, uh, part of that or Kern County Scanner Club. Yeah, Kern County Scanner Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I commented on there. I was like, hey, mm-hmm. so I was like, does anybody know where you can see the shows? And I did get some comments uh, back, and uh, I just haven't followed up on uh, the show. Um, but 
since we're, you know, we're kind of going into cops and everything, how well do you guys work with cops? Like, are they cool or have we, what are your, what's your experience with them? I actually have a friend who started working at Hall Ambulance and he uh, was an EMT for about two years and then got hired with BPD. Um, and so majority of the times the cops are, they're always cool with us. Um, honestly, the people that we have most problems with, if we have any, is fire department. Really? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's because they're they're like they're first on site most of the time, mm-hmm. and uh, they perform whatever safety I think so, before they get so there. So here's the thing about the cops here: when it comes to us, right, or the, the relationship we have, cops, they don't know shit about medical. So if I tell them something, they're gonna listen. They don't care. They'll give up their egos, their pride, whatever. I said, hey man, this guy needs to go to the hospital. They're like, cool, cool. Because what happens is. There's been um, situations in the past where cops were probably like whatever, blowing us off. People have died in their custody, right? I think one or two people have died. I think one that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm. And uh, they got sued for like millions of dollars. Mm. And so now, anytime there's any little thing, cops are like, yo, bro, you want to take them? We'll take them. Uh, Whatever you say. If you say they're good, then they're good. If you say they need to go, they'll go. Whatever you need me to do. I'll do it. So, firemen, cool. yeah, firemen, they are, I feel, personally, are the most prideful um, because they're firemen. Everybody loves firemen, right? Like, everybody hates cops. Everybody yeah. hates cops. Everybody loves firemen. Paramedics, we're forgotten, right? So, <laughs> yeah. people don't hate us. People don't love us. We're just kind of there. In the they look at you like, hey, he has a uniform. What is it? Yeah. Like, oh, it's a paramedic. Who, who oh. This guy? oh, okay, cool. It's a paramedic. Like, we don't get hate. But, but we don't get love, so we're just you know we're, yeah, we're in limbo there. Whatever. Seems like for that, it's more like you're supposed to do that. They don't. Right. They don't. Like, hey, thank you. Yeah, like, like firemen bad. get like you know like we'll go we'll go to calls. Firemen will be there for like five minutes, and they'll give me a report like, oh yeah, this is the story. This is what's going on. I'll take them. I'll start doing life saving measures, medications, IVs, twelve leads. You know, shock them, compressions, radio reports, get everything going. And then they live or something, and then they, they go and, and get the fireman cookies that were there for, like, five minutes. And I'm like, yeah, I did all the work, right? So, anyways, so, yeah, firemen, firemen think, this is not all firemen. I have buddies that are firefighters, so so don't don't bite my head off. But I want to be a fireman myself. I have a fire background. So, but it just seems like a lot of times, um, you know, there's, there's really great crews out there. I would say, like, 80% of the fire crews out there, really good guys. And then the, the 20% are just assholes. They've been a fireman for a long time. They think they know best. Um, they're not paramedics. I have some of these guys trying to tell me how to do my job. They're not even paramedics, <laughs> right? Uh, they're just the EMTs, and, and their job is to give me a report and kind of get a story before I get there. And a lot of these guys are so prideful because look at me. I'm a fire captain. I'm a fireman. Maybe like, that, and also because it's like, oh, I know some of like your job too. Yeah, so, like, and, yeah. And, and it's so funny because a lot of these people, that the, a lot of these firefighters that have been on the job for a long time they try to say some 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 shit that they used to do way back then for example um people you know traumas major traumas right they lose a lot of blood so back in the day we used to be like they lost a lot of blood which means that they have a low blood pressure because they don't have any blood in their body so you know how we can fix it we can replace the blood with fluids with just water essentially salt salt water and that'll get the blood pressure up right Mm -hmm. well what we learned is the patients don't need water, they need blood, right? So you're basically diluting the body, mm-hmm. and now you're still not getting 
oxygen, you know, to your brain. Yeah, yeah the blood pressure is up, but what good is the blood pressure if the blood is highly diluted, right? And so now we don't do that anymore. We don't flood patients with water. You have some of these old school fire captains who are like, yeah, so you want me to get you 2,000 liters or, 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 or two liters, 2,000 milliliters? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> well, why not? They, they're, 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 they're bleeding out. Yeah, we did that, what, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't do that anymore, man. And so they get heated because they don't like to be wrong. A lot of these old school guys, they don't like to be wrong. They're real machismo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I had a crew like that a uh, couple or a few weeks ago. I had a cardiac arrest. We have very specific um, protocols that we go by, right? So, for instance, when we run a cardiac arrest, we have a certain amount of epinephrine that we give people. So, uh, you know, we give uh, a concentrated bag of epinephrine. So I'll have to mix four milligrams of epinephrine in a 500 milligram bag, and then I'll go eight mics a minute, slow drip, right? I, I know you guys, you know, but yeah, so that's, that's I mean, it's my job, right? right I know yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. This fire captain's like, hey man, that drip is really slow. And I was like, let me see. I look at it, and it's about a drop a second, which is what I need. I need 60 drops in one minute. Right. There's 60 seconds in a minute, so that's, everything's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's what it needs to be at. He's like, are you sure? Because it's it's dripping really slow. And I'm like, uh, are you paramedic? No. Then don't tell me what meds I need, you know, what rate my meds need to go in there. I know what I'm doing. You're not a paramedic, so don't tell me how to do my job. You know, I don't tell you how to pop open car doors. I don't tell you how to attack a fire on a house fire, do I? Yeah. No. You know, so it's kind of one of those things. You get those guys every now and then. It's frustrating. But like I said, about 80% of the guys are real nice. They're real helpful. Right. They always want to help out. They give you good reports. So, But that's kind of the relationship between fire and, and police, though. So, Paramedics don't get their calendar. Or do no. You oh. no, they don't. But, man, I already have a few ideas. They should. <laughs> yeah. I have a few ideas, my man. Hey, uh, once, uh, once I can, man. I'm gonna put hey, in, in, in a calendar just for you guys. Hey, no. January and the first issue, whatever year Ooh. that comes out. That's all you gotta do, man. You gotta do be the first one. You gotta get it out there. Yeah. I'm down. And then all of a sudden, all these other counties are gonna wanna jump on board, just like how they did those dances and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the trend dances. Yeah. And stuff. Dude. I'm down. All you got to do is start your calendar and all the other people start like, all right, let's go. See, it's funny though because paramedics, EMS, emergency medical services, we are the most unhealthy first responders. Oh, God. <laughs> so it goes, fire department usually is generally most healthy. I mean, they get they get paid to work out at stations, right? And then you have police officers and then you have paramedics and EMTs. So we are, we are the less physically fit because our job doesn't really require us to be for instance, you know, right. for, you know. Hey, you know what would be a good one? What's up? Try to get Carl's Jr. to sponsor you guys. <laughs> you guys are right there just munching on a burger. That's that's fucking February. <laughs> Fuck, dude, we should. Just jump up, have a but bunch of... it has of... to be burger in the ambulance because that's usually how it is. We don't get to yeah. sit neat. We have to be in the ambulance and just that'd be a perfect calendar. Like your, yeah, your, yeah. like your My radio coke. right there, your radio <laughs> yeah. right in front. Hey, you got your shirt oh, down. Little bit of hair showing. Yeah, one of the nipples snipping out a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit, dude. Yeah.
Dang, I got egg. Hey, you know what? My mind's going right now. Like I, I'm even thinking, like, where is it going? Like so, like I'm let's. Fully clothed, by the way, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like. Superman eyes. So like, let's say there's a picture, and um, there's a picture, and it's like you could see like you guys are driving faster somewhere, like you guys are on a call. And then you just you're wiping like some like mustard or whatever off your lip. <laughs> <laughs> on the run over there, right? With the radio in your hand. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> hey Bruce Lee type shit. Dude, I'm down, dude. <laughs> shit. Um, hey, that'd be dope though. That'd be cool. I was kinda one of those things, uh one of my wife's friends was or a couple of her friends were over one day and I uh, got out of work. It was like, I don't know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. I was tired of shit. All of her friends were over, and uh, they were like, hey, he showed up, what's up, man? Like, hey, what's going on? And then, uh, you know, my wife would be like, oh, look at how sexy he is in his uniform. So I went up to one of her, her guy friends, who's, like, really shy. Right. Um, he's a super shy guy, uh, really keeps to himself. I started unbuttoning my uh, my shirt, and I was like, you scared of needles? <laughs> and I was like, don't worry, baby. I'll make you feel all right. You know? <laughs> Uh, Love it's it. It's just gonna be just a little poke. Don't worry. Uh, start stripping. That's dope. So that's funny. But uh, uh to your speedos. Uh, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, man. Ultimately, it's a, it's a cool job. You know, every day is different. I think that's what's most exciting about it. Is like, I have no idea what's gonna happen. Right. You know, uh, I used to, uh, me and Javi, you know, we used to work at at Foodsco. You know, you go in there and you do the same shit every day. Yeah. You know. You, restock the milk, restock the bread, be a cashier for a little bit. It's the same repetition every single yeah. day. And it just gets boring and old and fast. You know, when I go to work, I clock in, I was like, shit, let's see what happens. It's like rolling the dice. Yeah. You know, you have good days, you got bad days, you got weird days, you know, and I think that's... You got genital days. Yeah, dude, it's seriously genital days, <laughs> genital weeks. Um <laughs> But I'm telling you, it's it's uh, it's great because you gotta adapt quick too, and that's what that's the fun of it. Makes you makes you think, because ultimately I try not to think about it. But I, I, when I first became a paramedic, I was like, low key, I was like sitting there w- working a critical call, and I was like, this guy's life is in my hands right now, mm-hmm. and I'm freaking out a little bit, right? right? Yeah. With the thought. Yeah. Now, now I try not to. You know, I'm obviously more experienced. You know, I ran a whole bunch of different calls. Mm-hmm. Now I know usually what to do because, you know what, I've seen this before. I've ran a call like this before, and I know what I did back then. I know what worked and what didn't work. Mm. Let's let's go with what worked, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so on and so forth. You build that experience. You become more confident. You know, uh, going on scene, it's intimidating. You have family. You have police department, fire department. Everybody's looking at you, right? And you're just like, hey, uh, my, my name's Jason. What, what's going on today? Oh, okay. Um, well, maybe we can you know, and it's just like scared shitless, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm just like ding ding bitch. Guess <laughs> <laughs> who's here? Yeah. Big Nick has arrived. What the door what the fuck is going on? You know, they're just like, Oh, oh well we're can you speak the fuck up? Thank you. Here, here's my you. Yeah, here's my cardiac monitor. Why don't you go fucking scrub my ambulance fireman? Why don't you go fucking do this, police officer? Fuck off over here. Fuck off over there. 
You know, so, yeah. <laughs> so hey, you know, it's like a, you said, it's the experience. It's the experience. You know, you yeah. feel more confident. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so uh, dicking yeah. everybody around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, but that's the thing. There's some paramedics who who don't get that confidence, or or maybe they're confident about the running the call, but they're just they're really to themselves. They're right. not the 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 big dick swinging type of person. Yeah. You're like myself, I'm not a big dick swinging kind of person. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but then when the pants come off, it's but, like, but that, whoa. That's the thing. People see that. Fire department sees that. Police department sees that. And they will big dick you yeah. in front of family, in front of the patient, in front of each other. And Dude, then that's so, how it goes. So yeah. I'm happy that you brought that up right there because, you know, one day I was able to do my service and I got to go do jury duty. And uh, oh yeah! And on my way to jury duty, there was some um, couple of sheriffs, um, and they're with this guy on the floor. A paramedic ri- arrives, and I'm seeing this from a distance as I'm walking up because I don't know if you guys have been in jury duty. They they make you park down the road, right. <laughs> so uh, I'm walking down there and I'm watching from a distance, and they're over there trying to help him or talk to him or whatever. And then all of a sudden, um, like. I guess there's some kind of like confrontation going on between the patient and the paramedic. And then all of a sudden the sheriff just like kind of gets onto the paramedic and was like telling them to calm down or whatever. And he was like, and he, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, do you not see how he's talking to us, how he's treating us? Like, we're just here trying to help. Like, and he was like, yeah, well, you don't have to be escalating stuff. Like, the sheriff was being a complete fucking brick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, like, just leave, just leave them. <laughs> and that's how it goes. That's a go. They, they will do that. You know, they'll see that you're not confident, and they'll just run all over you. Yeah. You got to be tough in this job. Oh yeah. You know, especially like as a as a woman, female paramedics, female EMTs, they will just run all over you, and you know you have to build uh, a lot of confidence and a lot of thick skin because a lot of people. And that's the thing. As EMS, we get shit from everywhere. We get shit from. Fire. We get shit from police, from patients, from patients' families, from nurses, from doctors, from our peers. We get shit from every which angle, right? And and that's probably what's the hardest part of the job because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, you can run the same exact patient twice with the same exact you know complaint. You can run them differently, two separate ways, and you're gonna get shit e- each time. You can run it the same patient five different times. Five different treat them five different ways and get shit on every single time, you know. So it's always like, why didn't you do this? Why did you do that? Right. What were you thinking? No matter what, no matter what. Damn. And so it's 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 annoying. And yeah. So now you get to a point where you have confidence because then before you'd be like, why did you do this? And you'd be like, fuck, why did I do that? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and like, well, you know, I kind of did it. Well. You know, and you're kind of freaking out and you're second-guessing yourself. But now with the experience, you're like, you say with confidence. And doctors, it's intimidating when a doctor comes up to you and says, hey, why did you give this patient this med? Right. And I'll be like, well, because of this. I give it to him because of this. And they'll be like, well, well, well now look at them and this and that. And, he's like, and I'll be like, you know, did you read the protocol? Mm-hmm. Protocol says that when you see this, this, and this, you give the patient exactly this medication. And that's what I did. And you stick by it. Yeah. Right? And a majority of the time, they'll see... That one, if as long as you're you're within your protocol, yeah. they can't say shit, right? And second, they see how confident you are in your abilities and your actions, then they'll start fucking with you, and they'll start fucking with the new guy, 
you know, they'll, they'll move away from you. Same thing with the nurses. Yeah. And so that's usually how it goes. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you're in there, when you're new, you don't really know. And especially, like you said, you know, it's intimidating working with, like, police officers, with firemen and stuff, you know. So in the beginning, you're not too sure. But, um, you know. <laughs> but, but, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's wild. So, but it's a fun job, man. We get to see some really cool shit. Yeah. And, um. Uh, you get to do some cool shit. Right? Dude, so, like, you're saying cool shit and everything. There's this really cool-ass fucking movie I've seen. And I'm pretty sure you fucking seen it. Oh, God. Uh, it? Paramedic. Paramedic? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, what? <laughs> Paramedic? Yeah, the movie just came out in 2020, the end of 2021, I think. It was called Paramedic. It was like in November. It's a dope ass. I think it's a dope ass movie, what bro. Is it, is it the bank robbery one? And they, they escape in an ambulance. Yeah, I think and that they, was ambulance, wasn't it? It's was called ambulance. Oh, is it? Am, my bad, ambulance. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so that's the thing. So so don't get me wrong. On the entertainment side, it was it was entertaining, right? Yeah, like it sucks. <laughs> it sucks uh, going to EMS because then you see a lot of stuff on TV, and you look at that and you're like what the fuck are they doing, right? Like, that is so wrong. So, like, for instance, my, my girl, she watches a, a couple of shows. They're, like, um, I don't know if you heard of the show, 911. Yeah. It's, like, a drama series. Same thing with uh, The Rookie, right? Um, uh, shows like that, they're dramatized, you know, EMS, right? Or yeah. whatever. And um, I'll be watching it with her, and it'll be like, oh, give the patient, you know, uh, five milligrams of epinephrine you're like bro what are you fucking gonna kill them like what are you doing <laughs> like like you're supposed to give that motherfucker like point one something you give it a five that's like a hundred times a dose like what are you doing <laughs> and then uh, my girl's like i can't watch any of this shit with you ever again like i was like well that's fucking stupid like don't they have somebody in the background and be like hey that's wrong like they yeah, have like a, yeah. a medic or facts, right? i know you, facts, right? you're gonna have to put it out there yeah you're gonna have these people out here like, oh man, they said it on the show. I could help somebody just in case. Yeah. Yeah. They mimic the show, and I'm just like, damn. They're like, so they're of, fucking out those, dying. Out of those that are dramatized, what about like Scrubs? Oh, there. You know what? First of all, personally, I love Scrubs. I, I watched yeah. Scrubs from Scrubs, beginning yeah. to end. Yeah. It was amazing. Got yeah, Dorian, Ryan Turk. It's good yeah. stuff, right? Um, there are a couple of, of, of episodes, I would, I would say even more than a handful for sure, where they actually do have accurate like medical statements and, and accurate medical stuff. So, you know, I would say out of all the dramatized shows, I mean, I haven't seen like Grey's Anatomy or like or some of the other big The House, ones. I heard House. Or too. House, yeah. I've never watched House. Yeah, I'm sure some of those shows are more like accurate. Yeah. But as far as like being a, a comedy, you know, like they actually have some accurate stuff in there. So, I don't want to say that I know it was Scrubs, but I know that there was a like documentary or whatever that I kind of watched, and they were giving a re- uh, their feedback on them doing the show, and they said that they were able to like they loved that they got along so great they were like family, and what they loved the most is that they actually got to study and learn some things from like the medical field. So I don't know if it was Scrubs, but I remember seeing something like that. Well, that's exciting too, and that that's the thing. Like, not only do I have the knowledge to try to help somebody at work, but it's also great having that knowledge like here with my friends, with yeah. my family. If something going on, people can call me like, "Hey, man, this is what's going on. What do you what do you suggest? What do you recommend?" You know, and it kind of sucks because sometimes people will call me with medical advice that is like so. My 
quote unquote specialty is emergency medicine, right? Things that are life or death, right? Mm -hmm. And my job is not to heal them or fix them, right? My job is to keep them alive so that a doctor can step in and actually fix them, right? Yeah. My job is to kind of patch them up until I get them to the hospital alive, right? And so they'll kind of talk to me and they'll be like, hey man, I have a rash. And I'll be like, oh, Jesus, uh, where? You know, they're like, yeah, I have a rash on my chest. And I, it's been like that for weeks. Like, can you look at it? I was like, dude, I am not a doctor. I have no idea what that rash is. You need to go to a fucking doctor. You're like, you know, like if someone says, hey, man, I fucking cut my finger off on a bandsaw. I'd be like, shit. I'd be like, yeah, what do I do? Well, fuck, man. Why don't you grab, you know, like a towel or something? Um, yeah, put your finger in ice, um, your chopped off finger, and then grab a towel or something and, and squeeze the shit out of your hand, right? Squeeze the shit. Put so much pressure on that. Maybe put your hand in the air. That'll work too, yeah. right? Pressure, hand in the air, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can give advice on, on shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So as far as like diagnosing my friends and family, I always get weird questions about stuff like that. I'm just like, I, I have no idea. No, aren't you a paramedic? Yeah, not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what about a general question? Uh, generally, hey, man, I'm an expert on generals now, yeah, so yeah. you let me know. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll point yeah, you in the right direction. Yeah, I'll talk to you after the point. You know, there's creams, right? There's antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. But it's not. So I'm. So you do very well with blood, then. Oh, dude, blood. Dude. Oh man. So and I love that you brought up the finger thing because I I used to be a safety at one of my old jobs, and um, there was this guy and I'll. There was this guy in a different department, and he, and he cut off his finger with a saw. <laughs> but we didn't know what, because he, th he thought he, he could go faster, which he did go faster. Not going to lie, he did. But those guards are put there for a reason. Right. And, um, you know, we got called out there, and I was like, all right, let's hurry up and go out there. And it was like one of my first, apparently, big ones. So I'm running out there, and I see my boss. He's coming from the corner, and we started going to the same area. My boss is like he. I swear he's like five four, five, like he's small, bro. Maybe five three, <laughs> but um, he's this big stoky guy. And what do you call he? He sees a freaking um. The area and there's blood, and he's just like, oh shit! Like, it's a lot of blood. And then you can see the other guy with some other people, and he's just over there screaming like, my finger, my finger. And then my boss, big stucky guy, face first in the fucking blood, dude. Out. And, like, I'm over there holding them up. <laughs> I'm a fucking heavy-ass guy, dude. Mm. And it was just freaking nuts. It, yeah, I'm telling you, in this job, uh, you got to be good with, with uh, three things, right? Majority of things. It'll be blood, vomit, and, and shit. Blood, vomit, and shit. Yeah. Three things you gotta be good with. My partner, funny enough, uh, actually got vomit on her two days ago. Two days ago, we had responded to a call for a syncopal episode, older gentleman in uh. his 80s, uh, feeling really weak. You start thinking about cardiac problems, whatever. Uh, show up, he's like, yeah, I'm doing great. No big deal, whatever, just felt a little weak. And I was like, cool. My partner was getting him ready to get him on the gurney. And out of nowhere, just projectile vomited on her. 
And uh, you got to be cool with it. One of my previous partners, we had a call downtown. I don't know what that club is now. It's changed so many names. But it's actually right across the street from that BC building on Chester. Was the it? Wales Institute. 21 or something? Yeah, 21 or 21 Avenue. It used or, to be 21. Or the like, Avenue. Yeah, like that. yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I responded to a call there. Guy got knocked the fuck out, fell backwards off the curb, hit the back of his head. Right? Oh, man. He was completely knocked out, um, which is obviously really bad. Because um, then you don't know if he's knocked out from alcohol. You don't know if he's knocked out because he just fell off the curb and smacked his head. Right. More than likely, it's yeah. the trauma. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then we get him going. We we get him on me and my old partner. Get him on the on the gurney. We sit him up. He wakes up, vomits on my partner. Right. Oof. My partner does not do vomit or it just smells in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as he that happened, right. my partner starts vomiting. Oh. Right. And so then we're trying to get this guy. He's bleeding out of the back of his head. Yeah. We're trying to get him in the ambulance, and my partner's sitting there gagging, vomiting on scene in front of all these people. It was an episode right? of Family Guy. Dude, it really was, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyways, he so, turns uh, back to try to help you, and he just turns back the other way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even on the ride to Kern Medical, he was still dry heaving in the front of the ambulance oh. driving. Yeah, man. You so you have to be good with that. You got to be good with smells. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these people's houses, dude. You know, one of the thing is, is that we've responded to so many different houses. Whenever I respond to all these houses, it's just full of trash and 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 cat litter and shit and mold. You know, it's disgusting. A lot of people's houses, a lot of them. And then I go back to my house and I see the. The dishes that are like halfway filled, or my my dirty clothes on the on the floor, and I'm just like, you know what? My shit ain't that bad. Like, fuck yeah. it. <laughs> like it's not that bad compared to what I've normally seen. Yeah. You know, dead mice. You know, okay. Dead, dead. You know, yeah. animals. It's bad, dude. And some of these people say <coughs> bad, bad, bad. So. talking about that you see a lot of bad things yeah. uh you know and like that some of the houses are bad and bad condition i was watching a video on, on facebook and basically it was this guy who was saying that his job is to clean up murder scenes or suicide scenes and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and you know they go in there he goes in there sometimes he has to clean up some blood sometimes he has to clean up some like brain matter mm-hmm. somewhere on a mirror or something like that right <clears throat> or a tub or something and, uh, you know, he was explaining how for him to try to not think about it too much, like, oh, bro, this is fucking human stuff, you know? This is supposed to be inside somebody, not out here, you know? Right. But for him, he just thinks, like, oh, it's, you know, it's just, I don't know, some jelly or, or something, just something different. Something normal, you're like, oh, I'm just wiping the mirror. Not, that's not human people. Human yeah. body parts. So, in your job, do you ever see crazy stuff like that, or do you have to go, you know, just kind of change your mindset a little bit when you're looking at stuff? Yes, absolutely. I think for me, um, obviously, our job is to get people to the hospital alive, right? That is the job. That is that is the goal. So, for me, for instance, I'll give you an example of probably one of the most uh, horrific uh, calls that I've ever had in my life. Um, I had a call for a traffic collision out there off of uh, Brundage and Union, uh, right kind of by that Carl's Jr. that's there. Um, it was for a motor vehicle collision 
Um, there was a paramedic already on scene. Uh, one of the ambulances was already there. And he said, hey, we got like four patients. I need another ambulance. Right? I was the closest ambulance to him. So we responded. Well, I got there. And the paramedic met me. The, the scene is just a whole bunch of wreckage everywhere. And he was like, hey, man, um, I got uh, two dead people. And I got one, uh, two red tags, meaning that they're very critical on the brink of death, right? I said, okay. And he's like, you take this one red tag. She's getting cut out of the car right now. So just follow me to the car and we'll get her on it. We'll get her on your gurney. I said, okay. So then I, sh I walk up to the car and it looked like the car was just compacted. Like it came from a junkyard, right? And I'm standing there. And I'm looking at this wreckage. I'm standing in front of the car where the front of the car would have been. And I'm just kind of looking at it. And they're cutting this lady out of just twisted metal. I, it's like when you look at the firemen that were working that day, you're just looking like there's somebody in there. Like it looks like it was just a ball of metal, right? And so I was just kind of sitting there waiting for this lady to get cut out. And it catches my attention that in this twisted metal there is a gentleman who i was assuming was driving his eyes are bulged out and his face looks like if you were to take the yellow kitchen gloves you know like the dish gloves yeah. and you were to ball them up and slap them on the table that's what his face looked like wow right that's and damn. his buddy behind him had his arm sticking out of the wreckage, but it's come all of his body just looked like balled up tissue paper. And I just remember seeing that and just being at a loss of words, recognizing that those were people. And those that's the stuff that you see in movies, right? Just unreal things. Yeah. And that's when the paramedic had told me that she had been cut out. And so at that point, for me, mentally, I think about the task at hand. There has, there's somebody that is alive who is critical, and I need to worry about them, yeah. and I need to worry about getting them to the hospital alive. What do I need to do? So my main focus is I'm so worked up thinking about what I need to do and how I need to do it that all the other stuff is blocked out. The time where all that other stuff comes into play is afterwards. It's after when everything has settled and everything is quiet. Then you go back and you think about the things that you had seen. Yeah. And so, you know, um, as far as during, um, I, like, again, it, I distract myself with what I need to do. Afterwards, there really isn't anything that kind of distracts me. I guess for me, what it is is just hobbies, enjoying your, your time, you right. know, outside of work, doing what you love. Yeah. Um, that's what helps you. Um, a lot of people in EMS have a lot of PTSD or they'll have um, depression, things like that. Um, but uh, for me, I have a good support system, my family, my hobbies. So um, that's kind of how I get get through it. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Yeah, because yeah, it's crazy. Like you said, you've seen a lot of things, but you got to take care of the patient that's still there. Mm -hmm. You got to look out for who you can do something good for. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's um, overwhelming in the beginning. I mean, even yeah. now, even 
Two, I've been a paramedic for two years. Even two years isn't shit. There's times where even now I go on scenes and I'm 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 lost. I'm like, right. I, what do I do? You yeah. know, I've never seen this before, or this is a situation that I'm not used to. You know, so I'm I'm still learning. I mean, even a twenty year medic is still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so but like I said, working here has given me a lot of experience. I mean. My second day as a paramedic, I ran what's called an MCI or a mass casualty incident. And what it is, is it's five or more patients. If you have five or more patients, you do what's called a med alert, which it alerts all the hospitals in uh, Bakersfield or Kern County, wherever you're at, and says, hey, we have five or more patients that are going to be transported, and there's a rotation. Kern County EMS steps in and says, hey, hospitals, you need to tell me what you have room for. How many patients do you have room for? And so they'll say, you know, current medical will say, I have room for two patients. Um, we have a tag system. We have green tag, yellow tag, red tag, black tag. Green tag is good. Mm-hmm. Green tag is, yeah, they're hurt, but they're walking, they're talking. Yeah. They're, you know, maybe a broken arm or something or a broken finger, whatever. Then you have a yellow tag, somebody who's, you know, on the ground, can't really walk or get up, maybe is a little bit confused. Their vital signs are kind of stable. They're a little bit elevated or, you know, low. And then you have red tags. Red tags are the most critical, the, the patient that needs to get out first, the patient that needs immediate care. And then you have black tags. Black tags are people who are dead, people who don't have a pulse, people who are gone. Those are black tags. So my second or third day as a paramedic, I think it was my second, um, I get a call for a vehicle collision, multiple vehicles involved. It was a 99 uh, northbound uh I think that white lane, I had maybe five or six vehicles involved. I had six or seven patients, people all over the roadway. It was very hectic. And I never run a mass casualty incident in my life. And so getting out there and seeing all these people hurt, um, I mean, it really stopped me in my tracks. There's nothing, I mean, they teach you about this stuff in paramedic school, but never had I run that before. It was my second day. You know, so... um, experience goes a long way even like i said the 20-year medic will, will uh you. Still, yeah so well, uh last thing i want to ask you and then you know we could change to a different subject yeah. um was um come on my man that's a good question okay so the longer that you're in that in that you know, in that line of work, right? Mm-hmm. At first, you're so- shocked about seeing certain things. Absolutely. But as, as it goes on, do you feel like it, it kind of changes your perspective or affects you in a certain way mentally? Absolutely. I think it's it, it affects me in a good and bad way. Um, I think in the bad way, you do see a lot of the same stuff over and over and over again. Dead bodies, you know, people crying, people sick, people hurt, right? And after a while... I felt, for me personally, I did feel a little bit callous. I felt a little bit numb, you know. Yeah, this this dude, um, you know, he's 60 or 70, and he is dead. You know, yeah, I mean, he's 70, he lived a good life, it is what it is, right? Um, I think that's a negative view. Um, Like I said, when my wife passed away, it kind of softened me up like I was in the beginning. In the beginning, you have a lot of compassion, you know, and so now I kind of have that same compassion where I'm just like, yeah, he may be 70 or 60, but, you know, this is somebody's dad, this is somebody's brother, yeah. you know, and so um, there's a lot of people in my line of work who are callous, who are kind of like, yeah, okay, 
all right, next. Yeah. You know, and so um, um, I think in a, in a way, the good way for me would be like, well, it kind of gives me a reality of, you know, we are very mortal, right? Our day can happen at any time for any yeah. reason. You know, I ride motorcycles. I've run, I don't even know how many motorcycle downs, you know, people are young, their 20s, 30s, 40s, right? And it reminds me that I am not immortal. I can die. Um, I need to, it gives me that sense of when I get on my motorcycle, I think about the people that have ran those motorcycle calls. I think about that. And I think about how careful I need to be. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, it works in both both ways. So. And, um, I don't know if they do, uh, they do or not, but it'd be great if they had some sort of program where it kind of helps the, their, you know, employees, you know, halls employees to RLC still stress and stuff like that, and you know, kind of give them practices to be able to make sure that they're okay, even though they see all those kinds of things, you know. So back in the day, there used to be something called debriefing, where I don't know, it was either at the end of your shift or if you had a bad call, you would show up for debriefing where you talked about it, right? Well, back in the day, I mean, even sometimes now, we live in a in a society, especially a machismo, you know, society where. I guess it's getting a little bit better, but talking about your feelings is, is a signal or a sign of weakness. A lot of the guys back in the day would be like, wow, we don't even talk about it, it's yeah. whatever. And even, like I said, nowadays it's still kind of like that. Yeah. We do have a program where we don't debrief, we don't sit in a circle and talk about the calls that bother us. But if we do run a call that bother us, we do have a, a counselor that is available 24-7, seven days a week. We can call her at any time. And she will talk to us and basically debrief with us. We talk about the call. We talk about what bothered us about it. And then if we need to, she's just kind of a crutch for that moment. Right. To kind of just let it out. Yeah. And then if it's something that bothers you further, then we have a system where we can get professional help for longer periods of time. Okay. So. Well, that's good right there, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Um. You know, I commend everybody that's out there doing what you do, and we commend you, and we appreciate what you do. I appreciate it. Because I know, like you said, you know, your first staff mm -hmm. are working even overtime to save more people. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we don't take into account the fact that you guys are traveling, and you don't, you never know who else is on the road, and just, you know, might not be driving properly enough to let you guys either be there on their way, or at least get there safely. Right. So, you know, that's another thing, you know, so well, thank I appreciate, you guys. And, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. And uh, now I just want to talk about, you know, when we, you know, our, our first days of friendship, how we met, and then also our gaming days. Oh, man. Yeah, I think we met back in, oh, man, I'm really trying to remember dates here, 2016, 2015, would around you say? There, yeah. Maybe yeah. around there? Uh, yeah. We met each other at Foodsco. Yeah. Um, my cousin Norbert had already worked there, and you were cool with Norbert already yeah. at that mm -hmm. time. And so I think uh, since you were cool in Norbert, I went in and we had found out that we were cousins, right? Yeah. I think that's kind of how you and I tied in with each yeah. other. And uh, I think from then on, we were, we were just like, yo, you know, you're a gamer, I'm a gamer. We kind of enjoy all the same things. And uh, I think from there, we just started, I think we really kind of just connected with gaming. Yeah. Um, and man, I think back then, 2015, we were all about gears. Gears of War, probably Gears the best. War, bro. One of the oh, best multiplayer games oh. out there, man. Yeah, one of the best shooters. And dude, we were just grinding away all day, every day. We were just playing that shit nonstop. And I think back then, you know, Gears of War 3, Halo 3, um, those are just the, the monumental periods of gaming. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think he could. Those those Xbox Modern 360 3, days, Modern one. Warfare 3, Modern Warfare 2. Because Gears of War 3 and Gears and Modern Warfare 3 came out at the same time because I remember that specifically because when I went to go get my 360, I think Gears of War 3 edition. Yeah. And they, um, at the same time, they also had the, the Gears of War 3 edition. Yeah. And funny story about that, if you guys don't mind me telling it real fast. Yeah. Um, no, go, man. So I went to, you know, I went to go to Target and, and try to get the, uh, the Gears of War edition, right? And so they say, they tell me, like, oh, you know, um, actually, we're all out. We only have one, um, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't see any of the Gears of War edition out there. I'm like, damn, I only have Modern Warfare. And so then I went to go pay, and then another couple came up, and they were buying something for the Switch, and I believe they were, they were asking for, like, a certain version or a certain uh, bundle or something like that. And then, you know, me just being a little nosy ass, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was trying to get the Gears of War 3, but unfortunately, I didn't have that one either. And then somebody heard and they're like, oh, you know what? I, we might have some in the back. Like, I could go check in the back if you want. I'm like, no fucking way, for real. But I was about to pay that shit right then and there, like, without even asking nothing. And luckily, they heard. And I got the Gears of War 3. Dude, that shit's badass. Yeah. I've ne- bro, I have the game, and I never played it. No, it's really good, man. You should, good. You, should, you, should, you should at least play the campaign. It's really good. Yeah. And I mean, that's like the pinnacle of gaming. Like, kids nowadays, they cannot survive Xbox 360 lobbies, dude. <laughs> People are brutal. Uh-huh. Brutal as shit. But, I mean, I think I don't think I've had that much fun in gaming, like, ever. Like, that, that was when I had the most fun. Because nowadays, I mean, obviously, you know, you we're all still gamers. You and I are still big gamers. Yeah. But for me, I don't feel like I have as much fun now as I did back then. Right. You know, so. But, but yeah, man. Uh, even those Halo 3 lobbies <laughs> really good, too. Um, I can say for Mortal Kombat, bro, I, I still I still very much enjoy the game Mortal Kombat and uh, Injustice, Street Fighter, stuff like that. So, that's the thing. I was a big Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter fan back when I was a kid, you know, 10 you know, 10 and up. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was a big Mortal Kombat Street Fighter fan when it was like 2D. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the classic arcade yeah. um, fighters. And, you know, I was, I mean, I guess decent. And, you know, um, I could beat all my friends, right? Yeah. And then I kind of took a break until Super Street Fighter 4 came out. Or yeah. I think it's 4, yeah. And then that's when I kind of jumped back in. And it was way different. A lot of the movements was way different in 3D and it looked amazing. Uh, another one of the fighting games that I really enjoyed playing in the arcade cabinet was um, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, that one. Beautiful fight. Oh, man. I don't know if you uh, remember when uh, East Hills was open. Yes. They had the original arcade. Not they the did. one that it died off with, mm-hmm. but the one before that. Like, it was a legit arcade. You go in there, they had all kinds of games, all kinds of, all kinds of fighters. Dude, it was and amazing. People would go there, line up, and play each other yeah. for the whole day. It's like actually good players too. The good old days. So it was dude. amazing watching them play. That's dope. If I, I wasn't playing in the arcades, I played on Nintendo sixty four. Mortal Kombat came out on Nintendo sixty four. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just barely got back into MK eleven. I remember okay. playing Mortal Kombat on Sega. Yeah, it was on Sega. Yeah, because yeah, that's my my that's where I figured out Sub Zero was my favorite character. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you were just saying that. That's my favorite character. Yeah, I love Sub Zero. I think I played as Sub Zero for the longest time, MK two, MK three, and then now I just barely jumped back into MK the MK world. 
I think the, I left off on MK3 or MK Armageddon, but right. probably the last Mortal Kombat I've ever played. And then I jump into MK11, everything's way different. Obviously, it's a big gap. And um, um, before I left Armageddon, uh, one of the players that I, or one of the fighters that I loved to play was Jax. I felt like Jax was super underrated, and uh, Nightwolf was there, and I felt that was another underrated character so I was like I want to be good with them you know yeah um, and then jumping into MK11 man it just, even just the story by itself is actually a decent story yeah. um, and I'm super invested and I know they're they're planning on coming out with MK12 so yeah we'll see when we'll see if it, if it, if it even is MK12 because it's just rumored right now I don't true. I, so I'm hoping it's either Injustice I mean MK12 Injustice like either one of these, right? Um, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe two, Ooh, yeah. or DC versus Marvel. Because they've been talking about Marvel would be that would be blockbuster, dude. That'd be yeah. dope. That'd be dope. A fighting um, game, bro. You know what fighting game I miss that I hasn't been out in a while? Um, Soul Calibur. You guys ever played Soul Calibur? Yeah. Oh, that's the custom the customization. Yeah. Does Soul Calibur kind of remind me of Tekken? A little bit, yeah. uh, the fighting style is a little bit Tekken-ish, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed it. I love Soul Calibur. I think the last time, I don't even know when the last one came out. I don't know, I, I think it was Soul Calibur 7 or something like that. Damn, that's wild, dude. And Tekken too. I never I don't, really played Tekken. I, I don't, can't recall playing it. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was super good. Smash Bros? Ooh, Smash Bros. Oh, you know what? I was going to say. I've never heard of that either. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. I'm yeah, messing with like, you. So, <laughs> I was going to say, before we change to that. Uh, I was gonna ask you guys both. Have you ever played Mortal Kombat, Angel? Yeah, I played it. Have you have a favorite bit. character though? Yeah, Scorpion. Mm. Okay, so I want to ask because I think we talked about it off there, and I'm gonna ask both of you, and then I'm gonna ask him. But why? Why was Sub Zero your favorite character? Sub Zero was one of my favorite characters. I just think the the concept of him being able to just be his whole form is ice. It's all ice, and all the moves that he was able to incorporate with the ice was amazing. He could do with spikes. He made the floor slippery. Just the 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 combat with him was so versatile mm-hmm. that I just really loved his character. And then his background, all the lore about him being a part of a clan. He's a ninja. Yeah. You know, I just thought that was just badass compared mm-hmm. to the other characters from MK2. I just felt like he stuck out the most. Same thing with Scorpion. I think that's why most people went yeah. with those two characters because mm-hmm. they were the most... You know, unique. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. brothers, which is kind of ironic. Because yeah. you say unique, but they're like their palette was yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> so right, so yeah. similar. You know, fire and yeah. ice. Yeah. yeah, but that's you know. cool too. That that concept, like you know, just like Street Fighter, Ken and, and Ryu. Right. Daniel, why why was Zero your favorite character? So so Zero is my favorite character because when I started playing, um, my cousin was playing as Sub-Zero. Yeah. And he was the first character I played with. And I, I like the color blue. Yeah. So I was like, oh, awesome. Then when I seen the movie and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, the original one? Yeah. And then I seen that Sub-Zero was actually helping. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be the good guy. Oh, yeah. yeah I, Sub-Zero's the shit. Ever since then, I was always, that was my go-to. Mm-hmm. And then it's always been my go-to. I didn't recently started trying other players. I'm not going to lie. Like every time I play with someone, I, I play with you. You see, I I play as Sub Zero. Mm. Uh, now that I I play with the kids and everything, I actually changed up my character. I'm actually more of uh, Scorpion, Scorpion more than Sub Zero. But 
The Zero is by, by far my favorite. Oh, okay. And Scorpion was because of his gameplay? Yeah. And, and, and what's crazy, also, too, that I, now that I'm liking to play with him, I got a statue of Sub Zero. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I'm going to probably go get tomorrow. <laughs> so, oh. the, the one you, you won at your the tournament? The tournament over there? Mm-hmm. Um, that's funny because it's crazy in, in video games you'll like a certain character but because you like the way that somebody else plays you'll you'll choose the other character as well because yeah. you like the gameplay of it which I have a story to go into what I'm going to say yeah, after yeah, because I, I, I know what you mean because the way the character plays that's yeah. why I like Scorpion like the way he can vanish and just, and just a flame just come behind yeah. surprise you all the time that, that's the reason yeah. I like him yeah, yeah he's cool yeah. too. I mean, you know, he's he's able to, like you said, teleport. He has long range with his katanas, yeah. uh, katanas and stuff, and um, he's fast too. He has you know different mix-ups and just his gameplay. It's it's unique. You know, even far away, you have something to like yeah, get bring him, him and closer. Bring him yeah, close bring him. Yeah, and start bring a him combo. Closer, yeah. Then he's all like kabuki. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> You're talking about a different character. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I probably myself. got some people on listening. They're like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I know, guys. When I, know. I when I first started, I actually was drawn to Zip Zero. Same thing, you know what um, Daniel was saying, that, you know, he's blue, so I like blue. And, you know, especially versus yellow, I'd probably go with blue, but also he just looked badass. And, um, you know, I, I looked into the story, and, you know, I found out there was two Sub-Zeros, and so I was like, you know what, I like the original Sub-Zero, you know, a lot of people like Sub-Zero now, which he's still badass, oh, right? yeah. but it's the younger brother, right? like, so I stuck with the older brother, which then, in the story mode, became Noob, Noob Saibot, Noob Saibot, the, mm-hmm. the Black Ninja, and, I mean, he's, he's such a badass character, bro, like, different moves, different powers, and, uh, just the fact that he's some like he turned into something else with more power, and at the same time, it's similar to Scorpion's mm-hmm. story, where you know it was actually Quan Chi who killed uh, the clan, not Sub Zero, but right. he, he, he framed he, him. He cloaked himself as yeah, Sub Zero, yeah. and uh, he he killed him, and then he re- he revived them to get revenge, and then you know he ended up killing Sub Zero in the first tournament. And then he came back, you know, Quan Chi revived him. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they're both these, you know, there's still that, that rivalry there, even though, you know, he also has a rivalry with his younger brother. The MK universe is amazing. I think they did a really good job in trying to really expand the roster, but still make them all unique and different. I mean, I can sit here, you know, for instance, like Jack and Nightwolf, I felt were very underrated characters. I didn't see a lot of people playing them so that kind of became my new favorites mm-hmm. but like I can sit here and talk about a lot of different characters that I think you know I really enjoy and love I don't really play them but I like them a lot like Cabal I love Cabal Cabal's cool Cabal's Aaron really Black good. Aaron Black amazing I you love playing them in MKX yeah he was the first character I played in MKX really it's it, they're great characters you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying they're all very unique and uh, I think just the game itself is so uh, has so much replayability yeah. You know, oh, yeah, so. definitely. I mean, trust me, I've been stuck on these fighting games since Mortal Kombat 9. And, uh, you know, so the point you were talking about earlier about different characters, you know, I like Noob Saibot, and I still play with him. But, like uh, Daniel was saying earlier, he switched over from Sub Zero to Scorpion because of his gameplay. Right. And so, you know, as much as I love 
Noob, which I really need to play with him a lot more and get better with him, I choose Collector in MK11 because it's so... It fits my play style. I, I like how he moves. I like the moves he has. And at the same time, he's he's similar to Scarecrow from Justice 2, which was one of my mains, along with Joker. Mm. And, uh, and it's crazy how you like a character, but because somebody else plays more to your liking, you decide yeah. to choose somebody else. Right. I never understood at first, but now I get it, you know. But still, I need to play with a with a noob a little more. Um, but when they, when they, I don't know if you guys heard when they brought over a Joker into MK11. Oh, yeah. yeah bro, yeah. I know some people I know doubted it a little bit. And I was like, bro, I feel like a Joker would be a perfect fit. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I mean, I know he's a DC character and they might not want yeah. to have the image of him dying and shit. Yeah. But... Have you seen his comics, bro? Oh, yeah. Like, he's killing he, people, too, you know? Yeah. He's perfect for the MK universe. off his old face and everything. I like the way they incorporated, like, the Terminator, Terminator. RoboCop. Like, those are some really good additions. Uh, I think Rambo. Rambo. Rambo, also really good. I know Spawn. Spawn, yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And MKX, I never really played MKX. Um, but then they added all the horror characters, Jason and, and Freddy. And oh, yeah, MKX. Chainsaw I like Master. I like playing with Freddy. Yeah, like it they was had dope. really good additions in MKX and MK11. Jason, so, wait, who? Who? Who'd you play? Freddy. Oh, Freddy. Mm -hmm. MK9. Oh, okay. Yeah, he MK9, was really good yeah. too. He's broken MK9. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but he was good. So they had some really good DLC. A lot of times nowadays, whatever DLC is out with the game is usually trash, you know. But I think the DLC for all these past nine, ten, or eleven, just beautiful DLCs. They had characters that really needed to to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, so well, a lot of them, if you if you notice, it's it's characters that they want to sponsor because it's owned by WB. Exactly. And so they sponsor, you know, the Terminator, Dude. Spawn. I'm so glad you brought up that WB shit because I saw uh, like there was I don't know if you guys followed up I don't know a couple years ago they're talking about how Shaggy was super powerful. Oh and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Shaggy's part of the WB universe. Bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, let Shaggy be an MK11. Yeah. Like zoinks! You gonna <laughs> you gonna feel my ultimate power, yeah, man? Yeah, they started off as a meme, throwing yeah. a fucking sub sandwich. And yeah, they ended up making an but, actual game well, like from Smash Bros. and having him in. Yeah, well, it's because I think there was a there was a uh, a game of um, damn fucking what do you call it? What Scooby Doo and all of them fighting? Yeah, because I could have sworn I know I played it. Yeah, so I know not tripping. Yeah, they had, but a, they had like a we could we could be having some like Mandela effect shit too. <laughs> I don't know what to trust no more. Yeah, this but it, it's crazy how they went from having you know Shaggy as like you know a meme and being powerful and being a fighter, and they would even Ed Boon would joke around about having him like in a Mortal Kombat game and stuff, and just like trolling people, right? Dude, Ed Boon's a fucking mastermind, dude. And then and then he ended up actually coming out. Uh, they actually ended up coming out. With, uh, not Ed Boon, but WB ended up coming out with a game that's similar to Smash Bros. Ooh. But, you know, a fighting game with, um, uh, DC, or with WB characters in it. Yeah. And they even put Shaggy, and from what I hear, that the ultimate that Shaggy has was also what they put in the meme. Dude, that's fucking amazing. It's tight, bro. That's fucking hilarious. So I wonder if they already had, I don't, I don't know, maybe there was a leak that I didn't know about, maybe... Maybe they already had it in development, and it was just a coincidence that they put Shaggy there, or they made a game revolving revolving around, uh, you know, the whole Shaggy meme and the fighting game meme. 
Right. You know, like, I wonder what the reason was. Like, were they already in development? Or was it like, oh, shit, this is populist. Try to, you know, there's, what, like that Nickelodeon one? or, or Oh, yeah, they had right? a Nickelodeon one, yeah. And so, you know, they were like, fuck it, you know, let's do it too. That's badass. Yeah, right? Shit's hilarious. But, um, but yeah, man, I just pre-ordered, uh, right now, I'm trying to go through all the old school games, some of the games that I've missed when the Xbox 360 came out. Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm working through Dead Space. I know Dead Space was like a super popular horror game, um, you know, next to like Resident Evil, um, Silent Hill, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And man, I gotta say, it's probably the scariest game I've ever played. Now, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pussy when it comes to scary shit. I ain't gonna lie to you. So people that are listening, like, oh, Dead Space wasn't even that scary. No, fuck you. It was scary. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was scary as shit. Especially on Astro 850s and that surround sound on those Astros oh, right, are fucking right, insane, right. dude. Um, so I, I played through Dead Space 1, loved it. I even played the um, the little one-hour uh, uh, game in between Dead Space 1 and 2. It was like an hour long. Mm-hmm. It was Dead Space Ignition. It was like a... It had nothing... I mean, it had a storyline of Dead Space, but it was all like mini-games. Oh, okay. It was like puzzles and stuff. Right. Right. And so then um, I just started playing Dead Space 2 today. And I gotta say, <laughs> the graphics from back then are... Not fucking bad. insane, dude. Yeah, dude. And Compared so, to the remake that I was telling you about earlier. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's insane. It's not so, that far off. I'm excited. I'm excited to play through these two. And then I think I want to play uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2 oh, again. Oh, bro. I want to play that. I want to play online, so too. good, dude. Yeah, I want to play online, so The story more. The stories. I heard the story. It's, it's like crazy. a movie, man. It's amazing. Yeah. Wait, one or two? Both of them. Both of them. Oh, both and of them? So I want to play yeah. both of them again. Two's a prequel, right? Yeah, yeah. two's a prequel to, yeah. to the first one, yeah. yeah. So. But I hear two's a lot, lot fucking better. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. I mean, you two? know, the graphics. Yeah. yeah, two's good. Uh, I think it's better than the first one. Um... Uh, I guess it has a lot more stuff to do than one. Right. But man, both of them are amazing. Mm-hmm. The ending's amazing. The entire story, you're hooked. As soon as you start the game, you just want to, you don't want to do everything. Oh, God. You know? I, gotta, I gotta get it. I have, so. I have two things, that, like one that I'm really excited to talk about right now. But um, the other was um, another thing that I forgot to mention that they were also making a remake of, which you mentioned earlier, was Silent Hill. Mm. I'm making, they're making a, another remake of that one. That shit's scary as fuck too. I think it's also uh, 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 Silent Hill too. Yeah. Do you do you guys remember my, my, uh, Manhunter? Manhunter. That shit um, was banned for a little while. Was it? Yeah. Manhunter. Uh, it, they had issues releasing it because it was like super gory at the time. Bro. Shit was wild too. Shit was off the chain. Hey, I had it, bro. I had Manhunter and Manhunter too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bro. That, shit, that shit was scary as fuck too. Dude, we would play. Me and my cousins would play. And my nephew, and we'll be sitting there playing, and we'll sit there and scream, bro. We're fucking like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, and then my nephew was only, like, probably five at the time, but. Yeah, just playing the game, being scared and stuff. Oh, hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. Yeah. But. There was, um, wasn't, weren't they making another Silent Hill that, that got canceled? That was real scary? Yeah, like, I think so. They were going around, and then, and then they stopped. It was, uh, Kojima or something like that? Something like that, yeah. And they canceled it, and then, uh. They never made it, but, like, the demo, they took it down from PSN and all that, and only the people that, people would sell their, their system because it had the because game Because it had the game on there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking making a grip of money. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, um, 
Those scary games, yeah, even though I'm like a bitch about it, I love playing them. I find it fun to play with a group. I don't think I play by myself. Dude, it's fucking sketchy playing very so I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> there have been times where I didn't put the Astros on fully. I kind of let them rest on my neck. And it's like nighttime. I'm home by myself. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, oh. Yeah. It's a lot of jump scares. And then the entire game, it, there's a lot of voices that you hear in the background. Um, there's a lot of shit that will scrape, you know, walls. and you Randomly. Can, randomly. You know, um, uh, it depending on what you do, triggers certain cutscenes or certain things in game. Um, it's wild, man. I forget what game I got. I got the kids. Uh, it was a uh, like you make your choices, you know. Yeah, well, and, you were talking about that. Um, there's actually four books to it. Oh shit! Yeah, fuck. Hope. I think it's called Hope. Hope. Yeah. It was kind of like a The Walking Dead game that the Tell Tell Tall Tale Games oh, came yeah. out. You had to choose options, and you know, it would, obviously, the game would play out differently depending on yeah. what you say, what you do. Yeah. Those are fun games too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The um, I forgot what it's called. That um, it's a series of games, and it always has that skull on it. I have a um, uh, something of Medan. Remember, but but yeah. you also like you know it's a group you can play as a group and then there's different characters and you control what they do and the choices you might kill some different outcomes yeah different outcomes kind of like sure. back in the day when we had the choose your own adventure books oh yeah the adventure like, books yeah, it's like if you want to go down the hall go to page 37 if you want to yeah. sit there and oh, piss yeah. yourself go to page 100 <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know and so those are good shit man what about uh, this is the other one that I want to bring up which I feel like this be a, 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 an exciting conversation because I feel like you probably enjoy it as much as I do is the Empire of Sin. Oh, Empire damn. of Sin, bro. Dude, so, you know, you already know that I like turn-based strategy games. That's literally my shit. I used to play yeah. a lot of, uh, well, not just turn-based, but even, like, real-time strategy. Um, StarCraft Two was, I was a huge fan of StarCraft Two. Um, Civilization, um, uh, what else? Uh, just all, uh, trying to think off the top of my head darkest dungeon this is like a dungeon crawler turn-based strategy right all those different games i love turn-based right yeah then i remember you telling me at, at my brother's birthday party like yeah dude you ever talk about you ever check out empire sin i was like i don't think so so then i was just sitting there i have the game pass right yeah he told me it was on game pass i was like fuck it i'll check it out it's yeah. turn-based strategy dude you're you're a gangster you play as you know how much thing. i love that shit, dude man. i know you play as al capone any of these i mean they obviously have made a mexican boss ma- mexican boss asian boss like chinese italian <laughs> french oh, it's uh, seriously dude it's insane yeah. you play as a mob boss yeah it goes into so much the game has so much depth racketeering paying off police you know, um, it has so much depth in it um, that it's such a good game. Yeah, and then you organize. You actually, um, you have your 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 soldiers and yeah, then, yeah, you know, like your captains. You could assign your underboss and how well they do and stuff. Diplomacy, like your other rival gangs, you make deals with them. It's kind of like they gotta a, take over the whole Chicago area. Right. It's kind of like a gangster version of yeah. Civilization. Right. Yeah. You know, and so um, it's one of those games where I downloaded and I was off. You know getting into it but it's one of those games you really need to take time yeah you have to sit down and really focus yeah you can't kind of like one of those games where you can play for like yeah i'm gonna play for like you know 30 minutes quick deal no 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 you get stuck yeah or like i have four other games i want to jump around with now this is the type of game you're gonna sit with this game for like a a few weeks or a month what's crazy is that i don't like single player games 
Right. I don't like single-player games that much. Unless I enjoy the story mode and stuff. Other than that, I'd rather play online competitive. Right. So I play Mortal Kombat, Gears of War, and stuff like that. And, uh... But with that one, because, you know, like I said, you guys know how much I love the whole gangster history and stuff. And uh, because of that, I was like, I want to play this game when it comes out. Because I feel like it's something that I'd really like. Because it it really is, you know, you're making deals with certain factions. uh, You're making treaties. You're going to war. uh, You know, they're coming in and, and, and ransacking your buildings. You go over there and ransack their buildings. And then you also, you know, build alliances with other people. You know, sometimes you might make the right, the wrong choice, and then, like, now you have to wait till the deal is done to be able to even travel to the next block or something like that. Yeah, it's it's so much depth, man. If, if uh, you know, whoever's listening, if you guys are into turn-based strategy games, gangster history, uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah. So. It's fun. It's something that I want to pick up again, you know, and it's, it's, because there's so much to do in there, and it's like you're actually running your own, technically your own company, but illegally in the game, right? Right. And, and you have your employees, and you're paying them. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, there's different rankings for these employees, each one of them. And they put so much depth in it that even the, the characters themselves have relationships with each other. They don't like each other, or, they, yeah. or they, they're they cool with each other, or, or they'll fall in love with each other. And then that would depend on their attributes, their bonuses, their debuffs. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Another one of the games that I really like that's turn-based too is XCOM. It's like set in the future, aliens come and take over um, the planet, and you're like a government agency that you're super soldiers, and you're sent out to, to eradicate these aliens, and you know you upgrade your armor, weapons, things like that. Different um, types of soldiers, snipers, grenadiers, like, you know, foot soldiers. Uh, it's good shit, man. So yeah. All those games are all real good. What, what game I want remade is Freedom Fighter. Oh, Freedom Fighter. Wow. I haven't heard that game in God knows how long. Those were for PlayStation 2. Right. When it Another, probably came oh, out. Yeah. Another yeah. turn-based strategy it's game. It's a whole era. That yeah. was, uh, I, or was it real time? I think it was, it was, I think it was real time. Mm-hmm. Freedom Fighters was an amazing strategy Dude. game. Really good. I would really love a remake of that. Hell yeah, PS5. Man. That shit would be awesome. Dude, it will get it really, like, you'll sell, like, it'll sell. Because oh, you were able, like, I don't know if you guys played it, but you were able to control your own, like, crew, like, your own little army, yeah. army of, like, four or five, and, like, execute missions and everything, and well, we, were, we were fighting against the Soviet Union, right? Yeah, so it's, I mean, the game's called Freedom Fighters, and you were, like, guerrilla fighters. You guys ever watch Red Dawn? It's kind of like Red Dawn, where you're just guerrilla fighters, and you're no. fighting against the Soviet Union. Right. You're just regular people banding yeah. together to fight yeah. against, you know, communism. Be a and great game to come out right now. Dude, right? Uh, it's such a good game. Another strategy game that, that I'm just thinking about right now, which would be perfect, is because I feel like all of us would enjoy that game so much, which I've been trying to have people play with me for the longest that I haven't found people. <laughs> Risk. Oh, dude. Risk. Bro. Dude, you're lucky my Risk. family's not here. They'd be talking mad shit. Yeah, I know. Your brother told me. <laughs> dude, I fucking turn into a whole... I'm oh, First of all, I'm competitive just yeah. naturally, right? Right. Risk is one of my favorite board games of all time. That's one more problem as a game for you. Dude, I will fucking... I will turn into another person. <laughs> I will you bust out the Risk board. I'll be like, yo, it's about to go fucking down right now. Like, there's you know no friendship like it right so now. much, dude? It's because it's similar to like uh, to Empire of Sin, where yeah. it's like you have your own faction. You might you might make some deals here and there, 
but then eventually they're going to have to fuck everybody over. Right. Right? Because world domination. Yeah. So I feel like that's pretty cool. And, and the, you know, so, I mean, I feel like we'd all enjoy it. We're all pretty technical and, and um, you know, strate- strategical people. So it'd be cool to all of us just play. One night, just have a game of Risk. So you get guys, drunk as fuck. Yeah. You guys remember, though. Guys fucked too. Uh, <laughs> you know how Monopoly... Ruins families yes. and relationships, and I don't want risk to be that game too. No, yeah, bro, no, hey, we no gotta promises, take risks. Bro. <laughs> yeah, no we gotta promises. take risks. <laughs> 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 yeah. hey, 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 it's a, it's it's the name of the game. <laughs> Let's get shit, bro. No, yeah, but, but it'd be fun. You've been talking about that game. Yeah, yeah I've been talking about it for a while, but yeah. I haven't like been able to have time. it. Huh? I have it. I have the gear, the Metal Gear Solid version. Oh, that's right, you do, bro. Yeah, that's right. Which I feel like it's it's it just has a little more stuff that. It's a little bit objectives. different objectives. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, one of these days, you guys want to plan it out here yeah. on the podcast. That's the way that way it's written down. Damn. Yeah. When, when are we doing this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Put it in right. the books. Yeah. So. So, uh, what are you guys gonna eat here after here? What are you guys gonna eat? Shit, what are you gonna munch know. on? I might just go home, fucking. Make a sandwich or something, and knock the hell out. Nice. I'm gonna go golfing tomorrow, yeah. and uh, I gotta get my beauty sleep. You know, make sure, yeah. make sure I, I, I'm the only Mexican out there. So I, you know, I'm doing it for our people. <laughs> <laughs> Representation, man. I was telling you, the angel was telling me the same shit too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm just the it's one brown sport, golfer. Though. It's fun, man. Yeah, it's super it's fun. Sport. It's just, it's hard as shit, but man, yeah. it's so much fun. There's no other sport where you can drink and smoke cigars yeah. while playing. Right? Yeah. That's tight. So, you know what this fun too? Tennis? Oh, ten- dude, that's fucking... You need some cardio for that shit. Dude, I love tennis fun. when I'm trying to lose weight. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. But, oh, we gotta go play. But right now, I'm not thinking of losing weight. I'm thinking of fucking <laughs> like a torta or burrito. I know, bro. I'm feeling yeah. the same right now. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. I haven't... I can't remember when I ate. I think yesterday. Shit, man. I'm all... You go home right now and fucking eat, so... But uh, yeah. I just want to say, man, I appreciate you guys having me out here on the podcast, and Hell I can't yeah, wait to man. come back. Yeah. Well, we'll have you definitely, you know, along with some other guests, too, and, you know, we've been trying to have you here for a long time, and we finally got to you know, our schedule, like, you know, you know, uh, you know, to fit accordingly. Yeah. And, you know, we're finally here, bro, and we enjoy you having having you here and like I said bro we want we've been wanting you here for a while yeah so the fact that you're here now I could finally take those I finally took I erased those uh, Those questions questions. and notes and I was like man that's been there for a while (laughs) yeah maybe we can uh, do like a weekly thing you guys hey guys whoever's listening has questions for me Every week or something. Heck yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. you know, that'll same. be pretty dope. You know, we could do a paramedic scene, you know? Yeah. Getting, what, how, well, we'll figure it a way to we'll name it. We'll figure out how to do it. We'll but figure, no, not how to do it, how to name it. I didn't want to name it badly. <laughs> but, so, but, but like I said, man. Crazy it's been, shit happens. <laughs> right? It's been cool. It's been cool being on here. And uh, uh, I can't wait to do it again, guys. So yeah, thanks definitely. again. We'll have you back again yeah. for sure. Uh, you know, we got everything planned out. So, you know, you'll be back on the list again. And we'll have you back on for sure. And we'll have something to talk about. Is there anything, um, you know, anything you want to shout out? Um, no, man. Like I said, it's just been a pleasure. And, and uh, you know, we've all been friends for a while. So now to kind of do something like this, it's kind of nice to kind of uh, look back on later on in life. So Definitely. So, definitely. but yeah, man. Until, until more next to come. time. More to come, man. More until to come next too. time. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to shout out your OF fan? Uh, your, your OF account? 
It's just beat stuff, bro. If you're into that, I got you. Or knows you know the the panza dude. If you're into that, man, it's big boy season right now. You know, starting to get chilly. So. Hell yeah, you ain't know you wanna you wanna shout out your what? <laughs> nah, not right now. Fuck. <laughs> Some little toe pictures are gonna come out. <laughs> you don't have to pay or just go to Snapchat. Damn. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Do you, yeah. you uh, Daniel? Uh, nah, this has been a good one, guys. You know, thanks for listening. Hope you guys learned something. Don't believe what you see on TV. Yeah. And you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you guys need any haircut services, uh, hit me up at the underscore vintage underscore effects six six one. Set me up, and uh, we'll get you an appointment, and we get you looking good. Let's yeah, go. hell yeah! Huge um, shout out to you know the paramedic team, the ambulance, hall ambulance here at your service. Thank you for Thank you, sir, serving like, us. You know, uh, send us some questions, and uh, you know we'll send them over to our our dear friend over here, our dear bud. And we'll have an answer for you guys if you guys need it. Uh, also, check us out on all social media platforms and also all podcast platforms will be there. You know, uh, comment, like, share, and, you know, help us out. Even just with a little like, that'd be awesome. Uh, interact with us on social media. We're, we're on there a lot more now. Yeah, we're um, getting into it now. Yeah, more yeah. pictures, more videos coming soon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that being said, this is a good one. Right there. See you guys next time. Later. Yeah. Yeah, that's it.